we're living through one of those changes that historians will mark the end of one era and mark the beginning of another. T-E-T-C. The end times continue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the End Times Continue, recording on this, the 27th of November. Uh, it's almost Christmas time. Thanksgiving has passed. I am Dino, and you are? Uh, I am Ace. Yeah, it, it, November flew by for me. Like, it, it really did. I know. Like, it I, felt... October was a slow crawl, mm-hmm. and then November just, like, sped through. It felt like it went by way too quickly. It did like yeah. way too quickly. I'm 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 kind of ugh. I've got a lot of shit coming to a head all at once. <laughs> yes. I've got the end of this semester. I've got finals. I've got uh, I've got bar shit. I've got ugh. It's a very busy time for me. And I'm unhappy about it. I don't like being harried. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. So did you have a good Thanksgiving? I did. I did. Yeah, it, it was pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, lots of food. Uh, that, that's always a good sign. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, what about you? Yeah, we didn't we didn't do much uh, in her. Uh, I'm going to have to bleep that out. Um, <laughs> my yeah. girlfriend and her <laughs> loveliness uh, made sides um, and it was it was great. Uh, the, there it yeah. was. There's something about Thanksgiving that the turkey's not the best part. The best part I is agree. the sides. I agree. Yeah. So we had um, we, uh, we had those Thanksgiving sides, and then and then we ate some pie and and hung out. It was a good it was a good day. Yeah, I now I like turkey. Uh, I think it's fine uh, when it's when you know you get a good turkey and it's cooked well. It can be really really good. Oh yeah, but it's generally I I find it's as you said it's not the best part of the meal. Um, the like the things that add to it kind of like I, I think embellish it a little bit to where it's like we think it might be better than it actually is because exactly it's, you know, sorted with all these other good things. The, um, the best uh, the best thing about a Thanksgiving turkey is the turkey sandwich that you make on yes, a Hawaiian yes. roll with stuffing the next day. Right. Yes. Exactly. That, I was just gonna say turkey sandwiches. Uh, fantastic. Oh, I, yes. I, I enjoyed the I enjoyed turkey leftovers more than I do actually eating the turkey. Yes, exactly. Things. Yeah. Um, yep. yep. But yeah, it was a, it was good. I was sick during it. I'm I'm just now getting over mm. the last vestiges of that of that head cold I had in the last episode. Um, the it, there's there's still a little bit of sinusy shit hanging around, but it's it's mostly done. Yeah. Um. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's 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 very nice. But I was ill during Thanksgiving and actually. Oof. My girlfriend kind of was too. Um, yeah, it's been rough, and it's been, dude, it has been just raining for days. Oh, <laughs> I don't know why the weather's been so shitty, but it has been. I like a little bit of rain, but I don't like it when it's pouring for like three days in a row. Anyway, <laughs> it really bugs me. Um, okay, so there was uh, a story that I wanted to talk about. Um, that I had, yeah. that I had sent to the topics chat several episodes ago, but we did we did two guest episodes in a row, so we don't usually get to say, that stuff. Yeah. So there's some stories we're covering we will be covering here today that aren't necessarily new, but they're uh, things that happened a couple weeks ago that we just didn't have time for because we had two guest episodes. Yeah, so didn't have time to talk about. People, yeah. And it's not like it's not like you know news stories, or whatever, but it's 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 stuff that's interesting that's going on that I find yeah. sort yeah. of fascinating. This is a news story. This is. Uh, 
out of uh, from KHOU uh, out of Houston. Two men in body armor claiming to be HPD kick in a family's front door during deadly home invasion. Harris County deputies said they believe the victims were targeted and they were not sure why. They're also canvassing this neighborhood uh, for surveillance video. Uh, two men in body armor kicked in a family's door claiming to be Houston police officers uh, in a Katy area home, yada yada. Uh, this happened just before 11.30 p.m. at a home. Uh, I'm not going to say the address. Uh, Harris County Sheriff Ed Gonzalez said one of the homeowner's adult sons got up to see what was happening. Uh, that's when the first man opened fire on the son. The sheriff said the man inadvertently shot his partner. The wounded man dropped his handgun as he tried to run from the home. The sheriff said the son picked up the gun and began shooting at the men as they ran away, killing one of them. Uh, the one that had been wounded escaped with a getaway driver in a dark-colored sedan. Total of three people. Uh... Uh, the homeowner and her two sons at the time, uh, I'm sorry, in the home when this all happened. Uh, deputies said they believe the victims were targeted. They're not sure why. Wouldn't it be great if you could just shoot anyone who's breaking down your door and know that you're right. like totally justified in doing so? Right. Yeah, that would be uh, that'd be a pretty good thing to have. You know, you, you wouldn't have to like say, hmm, is this person wearing a badge before I shoot them? You know, you yeah. know, when they're busting in their door and uh, holding you at gunpoint. It's like, hmm, well. You know, I, normally I would shoot them, but look, they have the badge. So yeah, obviously. I yeah, well, they're not even yeah. the badge. They've, they've got the word police yeah. stenciled on their on right. their vest. Right, right. That they got yeah. at the military surplus store. Right. Yeah. God, you know, it, it's such a thing, right, where it's like, uh, obviously, you know, uh, they, they go in and they can obviously say, like, this is actually like if you're a home invader, right, this is a very good strategy. Because you can just say, hey, police, and you can dress like, uh, you know, a, yeah. a undercover, not an undercover cop, but, you know, a loosely dressed informal cop with, like, maybe, you know, a vest. And yeah, just, throw the like, vest on, throw the police. vest on, make sure something uh, says police, and you're good to go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then people are programmed to be less responsive to that, or less responsive in a deadly sort of way uh, to that type of altercation. And, and legally, uh, you don't know if you can or not. That's one of the right, that's exactly, one of the big things. That, exactly, I mean, that's going mean, to yeah. give you pause if legally you're like, I, am I going to get in trouble if I shoot these people breaking down my door? Exactly. Yep. Yep. So it, it's it's really like kind of horrifying too when you think about it. Because like, if someone like knocks on your door at three a.m. In, in at night and says, "Open up, it's police," uh, you know, or we have a warrant for your arrest, whatever type of bullshit they want to say. Uh, that's a very easy way for them just to like, you know, kidnap you and do whatever they want to you. And I, yeah. you know, whether they're cops or not, that applies. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and it, it, you know, <laughs> you can talk about like all the other charges, but it's like, uh, yeah, they impersonated a police officer. <laughs> that's what the crime was. Uh, but the fact that we you know, give police so yeah. much leeway that impersonating yeah. police gives you the ability to do something like this says something yeah. about how much leeway we've given police like the the it's oh, it's yeah. it's far too much they're on far too long a leash if this well, is if this and, is the and, kind of know, thing that they're expected to be allowed to do yeah and, and just morally speaking right like you can always uh play these out in your head like war game them like where it's like well if you saw a bunch of people like curb stomping someone or just being the shit out of someone prone on the ground we'd all think oh my god this is horrible uh someone should do something but then if you the only thing you change, the only thing you change in that scenario is you give them a badge. People will be like, oh, OK, it, it's fine. That, well, that's we don't have the whole story, you see. 
Right. Yeah, we don't know what's happening. We don't know what's happening. Yeah, we see someone his head being pummeled in while he's prone on the ground, and it's like, well, we don't know. Yeah, we we, we don't know. Yeah, I mean, we we don't have the whole story. See, we don't see how this started. That's why that's what's important here is that we don't under we don't know how this started. Right. I have disabled all notification sounds on Discord. Is that you making Discord sounds? Uh, I didn't hear any Discord sound on my end. Okay, because I have all notification sounds disabled and it seems like it might be going off. I have no idea. Uh, if you're hearing that, it's not you. It's it's if you're the listener or hearing that, it's not you. It's it's I don't know what's yeah. going on here. Um. Anyway, fucking Discord. What a mess. Um. Uh. What, what were we saying? Yes. The 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 idea that you have a special class of person who is allowed to yeah. commit violent crimes against other people and nobody is supposed to give a shit. Um. Right. I will say, I mean, and you will get in trouble I mean, if you look at the case of, of Andrew Coffey III. Um, are you familiar with that name? Yes. Yes, I am. Yes. Uh, uh, Andrew Coffey III, uh, an individual who uh, defended himself against a home invasion by police. Uh, when, when they kicked in his door and stuff, he grabbed his gun and shot. And uh, yes. he was acquitted. He was charged for doing so. He was acquitted right. on the basis of self-defense. Um, That's good. Yes, yes, it's very, very good. Acquitted on the same day, actually, that that uh, that uh, Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted. I, I believe he was, but he was sent to prison for illegally uh, possessing a firearm. Yes, Is that correct? he was a felon in possession of a firearm, and that charge, of course, stuck because he was literally a felon in possession of a firearm. Yeah. So that was that absolutely did stick. Uh, sadly. Yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to get these sounds to turn off and there is no like Yeah, I don't hear them. I, um I hope they're I, not coming through on the recording. Mute, sometimes you have to mute Discord on like your on Windows or whatever you're running. Um on like in the settings themselves. Windows will have a specific Discord setting and you just have to mute that, turn turn that off from there. Alright. I just went through and turned off everything. Okay. So I, I hope that's yeah i wasn't works. hearing anything personally but yeah yeah i don't know it might be coming through on the recording i don't know that's yeah. this program is so it's so it's such a mess <laughs> it's just a mess um <laughs> yeah it was just like that when i when i first saw that that story i my immediate thought was wouldn't it be nice if you could just shoot people who are kicking down your door and know that it's okay right and because like right this is like one of the most common intuitive like anarchist things right which is that uh why does this group of people and it's i think it's very persuasive when you actually uh, talk to people like this why is there a certain group of people who claim to have more rights than you do right because that's ultimately what it is yeah uh, they have more legal standing than you do even if the, you were in a similar situation if you were similarly situated because usually the standard right this is a standard like in ethics ethics and law well not always law but <laughs> ethics in general which is that similarly similarly situated people should be treated by the same standard right, right. that is just a, a co- very commonsensical uh way of uh, dealing with things because it's like you're human they're human if they want to posit that they can act in a certain way that you can't you have to give justification for that you have to justify that somehow yes um and if you don't it's just special pleading uh so so when you have this certain class of people who just have the right 
at you know to you know do this to you they give themselves the legal right but if you try to give yourself the legal right they would not allow you to do so right. so there's no symmetry there um uh they they would never allow you to act in the way they do and if, in the if case you of act like a cop you are going to prison exactly exactly if you did any of the stuff they did you'd go to jail yeah and and yes. I, I do want to say that the general response, again, after the Andrew Cover the Third thing especially, there's a response from a, from a certain stripe of conservative where they will say, well, see, the, the system worked. He was acquitted of that charge because he was, he was defending himself. That's, that's how the system is supposed to work. But what these people do not understand, and this bugs the hell out of me, you know, the, the people who say, well, he mm-hmm. got his day in court or he'll get his day in court or whatever it is. Yeah. These are people who have not considered the reality of being in a situation where a day in court is necessary for you. Um, right. the, the simple fact is that the process is the punishment. And so right. regardless, yeah. regardless of what reprieve you may ever get, you may get from the state's punishment. If you happen to get that again, this depends on juries. This depends on your lawyer making the good arguments. This depends on all kinds of things. Um, even if, you you did get acquitted, uh, you know, you got a reprieve from the state's punishment. The way that you've been punished by society for merely having been arrested is still there. Um, there are multiple examples, the, not the least of which is, what happens you get arrested on a Sunday night? You're not getting out of jail until 1 o'clock on Monday if it's a misdemeanor. If you're actually mm-hmm. charged with a violent crime and you're going to need to make bond, um, you're, you're not getting out until you make bond. So that means if you got a job, you're no call, no show on Monday, maybe even Tuesday. You're fired. You lost your job because you got arrested. Now, let's say you make bond. Where's that money come from? That that money's got to come from somewhere and you just lost your job. So you better hope you got a nice little savings cushion. Right. And now you've got that arrest on your record. So you're going to go out and apply for other jobs while you're out on bond. Guess what you're not going to get? A job. Because you have an arrest, right. a pending, a pending uh, legal charge. So you're yeah. not getting a job. Right. And, and, <laughs> and those things stack up as the, as the system. You're not going to see the inside of a courtroom for two years. They're not going to get to your case. Yeah. Especially if it's a bad enough case, a felony or something like that. If, you, if your case doesn't get dismissed at the first hearing which is the luckiest you can possibly be, is that your case gets dismissed on the first hearing. If that doesn't happen, you're screwed. I mean, you're waiting years to actually get to actually handle the situation and see if you're actually going to get your day in court. Right. So many things have to perfectly align for someone not to be in that position. Exactly. uh, That you just described. Like, even as you said, like, getting your day in trial, you have to hope you have a good defense attorney. You have to hope that uh, the prosecutors and the cops are not in which you know th- there's a certain tendency for prosecutors and cops to kind of be buddy buddy uh, a little bit yes. so you, there there is certainly a uh, you have to hope your prosecutor is going to behave on interest yeah yeah um you have to hope you have to hope things. that you have to hope the jury sees it your way yeah i and mean it's very easy for a like jury most juries yeah most criminal juries where they're just like oh the cops are the good guys. If the cops arrest people, that probably means they were bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's an uphill battle for a defense attorney, even on a great yeah. case. It's an uphill battle. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so you've got you've got all that going on in the background of the fact that you lost your job. You've got this arrest on your record now. 
uh, and it hasn't been handled. And even though it's not a conviction, it doesn't matter. The arrest is enough in a uh -huh. lot of cases. So anybody who runs a check on you is going to see that arrest. Right. You're not going to, they can make finding housing hard. I mean, and you just lost yep. your job, right? So how are you going to pay your rent? Right. Well, now you got to maybe try and get, try and move, try and live somewhere else. Again, this thing isn't yep. going to be handled for two years. Maybe you've got to try and, and, uh, and get a job somewhere else. Well, that arrest is there. Yep. Good luck. Right. And now, and then you have a situation on top of that where that arrest is there. Let's say everything goes perfectly. Let's say you get acquitted at trial two years down the road. Mm -hmm. Well, now it's five years down the road and you're in a divorce proceeding. Let's just say, right? You're right. in a divorce proceeding and you've got to handle child custody stuff. How much is the judge going to like to hear? Well, he lost his job because he got arrested, uh, you know, five or six years ago for, th for such and such a thing. And even though there's right. no conviction, that's still there. And then, you know, uh, the, uh, the profit for crime uh, also goes up because sometimes that's people's only option. Uh, right. They feel like they have a hard uh, time so, getting, know, getting, getting actual created a criminal. Yeah. Uh, by doing that, you have a hard time getting real employment. So now what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, a guy who sells drugs and he makes money that way. Right. Maybe you can do that. Yeah. So the, yeah. it's, it's I, that I, kind of thing. It is. No. And, and uh, you brought that. That's such a good point too. Cause like, I, most people don't ever consider like how easy it is to like ruin someone's life. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, specifically, specifically if you have political power, like people often think, Oh, well, you know, you could go to jail for years upon years or prison for years upon years. Um, and that's true. And I'm not, I'm obviously not down trying to downplay that, but you can also do it in very subtle ways. Um, oh, that yeah. will have a uh, reaper way down the line that you did no one could for well you could we can sit here and predict them because we've seen them have we can like look at other cases and we've seen them happen but oftentimes it's very unpredictable in the moment uh like the the terrible negative consequences that will arise from this from, yeah like you know just a person just getting arrested like you said uh and god forbid yeah. you try and do anything later on i'm still look i i i have an arrest on my record from many 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 mm -hmm. years ago and i'm still dealing with it because I've got to do, when yeah. I'm doing all this application stuff to try and take the bar and all this other, I've, I've got to give them that information. Mm -hmm. I've got to give them the report, the actual arrest report. Yeah. I don't have access to it right now. I thought I had it downloaded. I can't find it on any of my drives. So it's a, now it's a pain in the ass trying yeah. to handle that. I mean, this stuff sticks with you forever, even if you were never convicted. Yeah, it's like a scarlet letter. Yeah. It, it, you, it's like... Uh... It is essentially making you, you know, maybe, yeah, well, yeah, in, in a lot of ways, yes, a second-class citizen, right? There's a yeah. person who, uh, not, not necessarily for an arrest, but if you have a felony, you'll lose some of your rights uh, if you have a felony yeah. uh, on your record. So in that sense, uh, if someone has a felony on their record, they will lose some of their rights, and they'll certainly be viewed as a second-class citizen. Yeah, uh, and can you? And, and the other thing too, can you even get? Can you get the arrest expunged? Can you afford to do that? Because lawyers <laughs> right. don't do that shit for free. That's easy money for lawyers right. is, is expunctions. So how do you? Yeah. So where do you? How can you even afford to get it expunged? Can you even get it expunged? In certain states, certain arrests can't be expunged. Mm -hmm. So it's the kind of thing where you're, you you this I, this notion of the day in court, and I've said this before. Yeah. <laughs> It's a it's a good thing to have a day in court. It's a good thing that we have that. In a lot of places, you don't get that. 
That, yeah, it's better you know, than the alternative, but <laughs> right. It's good. It's good that that we get that that this idea of the day in court, defense, the presumption of innocence, all this stuff. Very, very good. But the existence yeah. of it has allowed people to ignore and make excuses for the actual punishments that occur before you've right. even been convicted. And for the damage that gets done. Conservatives will always say, well, you know, you can fight it in court, right? Which, okay, it, it's true that, that that can be good prudential advice, right? Like in the sense that um, you, you probably don't want to risk getting into a firefight with police uh, because that will escalate very badly for you. So that's good yes. uh, prudential advice, um, but it's not necessarily, it doesn't downplay like the horribleness of uh, when the law is against you. Uh, oh, <laughs> um, yeah. Like in a lot of situations, yeah, exactly. In a lot of situations, that well, you can fight it in court. In a lot of situations, that's a band aid on a bullet hole because the the biggest concern for a guy isn't, uh, I was very lucky when I was arrested, I had no responsibilities, um, Mm -hmm. and so it didn't matter. But I'm in a a position now in my life where if I'm unavailable for a day and it happens to be an, an important day or a day that something important is happening on. And I'm unavailable that day because I'm in a I'm in a cell. My life is fucked for years. Right. Like missing one thing on one day could fuck me up for years. Yeah. So the, the this this notion that we we that this is all good because you could just get your day. No, 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 no. Bad things happen. And I would like to ask people who people who say that I've always, I always want to ask them and I, and I would love to hear it just articulated to me. What is your plan if you get arrested on a Sunday night? <laughs> yeah. What happens to you? Right. Because the people who are the people who say, "Oh, you'll get your day in court." The people who say that have no context for what the actual system is. Right. I uh, think it's... I think their perception is that you're out in a couple of hours. Right, yeah, yeah. They they sort of have this like idealized, almost like Andy Griffith style view of like uh, jail cells, where it's like, all right, you know, yeah, you can just uh, you know shape up and you'll be out in a you know in a half hour or something. Exactly like that. that sort of thing. And just yeah. sleep, just sleep it off. There, we'll let you out in the morning. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> that's not how that works. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they truly understand anything about it because the process, again, the process is the punishment. The, the, well, the fallout right. from having been arrested is in some cases worse than what the state was going to do to you. Oh, right. I mean, yeah, you can have uh, like, like that's the thing, right? Even if it's like for something minor, even if you know you're not going to face long term legal repercussions for it, uh, the social repercussions uh, and economic repercussions that you'll face uh, could be drastic from yeah. just the state's like minor action. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I, I think people often like can downplay like people who spend a little bit of time in prison. You often see this even by some people, even by like anarchists, I think, which is kind of disappointing, uh, which is they'll talk about like, well, you know, this person only spent a year in prison or something like that. Whereas all these other people are spending, you know, much longer, if not life in prison than when they shouldn't be. Uh, and it's like, I understand, you know, you want to, uh, it's good that you care about these people who are spending a long time in prison. I, obviously I do too, but you don't need to like shit on other people's uh, negative experiences. You don't need to downplay the impact of being locked in a right. cell for even 24 hours. 
That's right. Yes. In order to point out that it's terrible that someone's locked in a cell for 20 years. Like you don't, you yeah. don't, those things don't have to be, you don't have to weigh right. those things against one another. It's not an yeah. either or it's proposition. Like if, someone lost, if someone lost their, ar- their arm in the war, we don't need to shit on them because someone has uh, lost all four of their limbs. You right. know what I mean? Exactly. Someone might have it worse. We don't need to downplay their horrible experience. Uh, don't do that. It, it's bad. It's <laughs> unnecessary. And what you what you end up doing is you end up allowing for shit that you otherwise would not allow yes. for. Shit that you think That's is not right. okay anyway, you end up allowing for. Because you're saying, well, it's not so bad that this guy had to spend a week in a cell because this guy over here had to spend 20 <laughs> years. Well, well, let's get rid of the spending 20 years thing. Okay. Right. What now this guy's spending yeah. a week in a cell still. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, you, end like, up, you end up allowing for stuff bad. that's bad. Yeah. Yeah, multiple things can be bad at the same time, even if they're not in the same degree. Uh, so we don't need to, like, uh, split hairs here uh, to say <laughs> these things are bad. It's allowed to all be bad. And that's, but yes. that's the, one of the things that, though, uh, and, and for people who kind of act like that, I know that what it implies is that they've never had to experience it. And so that's good for them. Uh, right. Um, yeah, no, that is a good thing. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's very good for them that they've never had to experience it. It's very good for them that they think your day in court is this, is this cure-all situation, whatever. It's good for them that they've never had to experience actually dealing with the state on that level. Um, I also think, and this is not unique to conservatives, but I think it, it is also indicative of their type of mindset, right? Conservatives always have this type of like assurance that things are going to go properly according yes. to the law. Right. Which is to say that, well, we have the Constitution, so our rights are protected. Right. This is something conservatives genuinely believe, at least in my anecdotal experience. Yes, I grew they up do. Around a lot of them. Um, they tend to have this idea that, well, the state is going the state says these are the procedures that they will take when X or Y happens. Um, and this is what they're supposed to do. And then they just they just assume that position and go forward with it without yeah. thinking of, well, what about all these past instances where they didn't? Why do you, why do you have such a strong belief that they will follow through on these? Um, and it, it also so they'll, when they think of like, well, their day in court, they're obviously thinking of like an idealized version of what that means. Uh, and not really right. how it really plays out necessarily. And they've um, never had to think about what happens if I get yeah. arrested on a Sunday. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. They, they've never had to consider that intellectually. And so they don't and then they so they can't process that. And, or and even if they did have to consider that, they would be going into that consideration with all kinds of misconceptions about like, what does it actually mean to have been arrested? How long does it take yeah. before you get arraigned and let out if it's a misdemeanor? And, and if it's not, how long does it take to get let out if you're trying to get out on bond? And truthfully, Dean, I don't I actually really don't think conservatives, at least in my personal experience, would be even be that sympathetic to them. Because I, most conservatives from my personal again, this is a lar- this is largely anecdotal, so I can't speak for all of them. But for many of them, it very they do very much have this uh, inclination where, well, don't do the if you can't do the time, don't do the crime. Right. If you right? got arrested, the, it means you did something. Yeah, it's your fault. Uh, if you got arrested, it is your fault. Uh, you did this thing that you weren't supposed to do. Why weren't you supposed to do it? Well, because the people who did this thing to you said you couldn't do it. Yeah. That's why. That's why you're bad. That's why you're wrong. That's why you shouldn't have done it. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, like that type of mindset, like if that, like the conser- <clears throat> the conservative thing is always, you know, I support freedom as long as it's legal. Uh, exactly. It's like, they will only support freedom 
if their master says they're allowed to have freedom. If they, if the master does not say they're allowed to have freedom, uh, then they don't support freedom. Well, even then, it's I mean, they'll say the same things about limitations on cops. It's like they'll support limitations on cops as long as you are deferent and respectful to the cop at all times. Right. It's like yeah. the like yeah. it doesn't matter because if you're not deferent and respectful to the cop at all times, then uh, yeah, of course they arrested you. You were you were being yeah. an asshole. Well, being an asshole is not yeah. illegal. Yeah, they'll they'll see videos of people like uh you know uh being assholes to cops, which in my view is almost always perfectly justified. Uh, uh, yeah, and then <laughs> they'll then uh, look at that person who's like got pulled over for some bullshit reason, and the per- the driver's being rude to the cop, and they'll say, "Oh, the, the that cop should just arrest him," or that or if the cop did arrest him, he got what he deserved. He should there was have not that there was the blind guy in Florida who was walking home from jury duty because he couldn't drive; oh, he was yeah. blind. He had his he had his uh his I don't know what you call the stick um the, blind, yeah, the, the blind guy stick yeah. he had that in in his back pocket folded up and they stopped him there's the, some cops stopped him because they thought it was a firearm and he says no i'm blind that's my stick that i used to walk and um it was cleared up he was being a dick but it's like yeah i mean they're fucking around with this guy yeah. for no goddamn reason of yeah. course he's gonna be a dick right they arrested him and the and the people yeah. in the comment, the video was posted all over Twitter. People in the comments on the on that video were saying like, "Well, he shouldn't have been. He should have just been respectful." And it's like, you dumb motherfuckers, you have no clue. Yeah. You you just don't understand. You do not understand how the system works. I don't know if they don't understand in certain instances or if they just don't care. You know what? Like, yeah. Like I, because I like I know like yes, I I agree with you that they often don't. Uh, know the exact circumstances of how things really play out, but I'm not sure if they got that knowledge, if they acquired that knowledge, if it would actually change their actual positions. On I, this. I, you know what I you mean? You know what? You're right. It probably wouldn't. I don't think it would. This whole respect uh, for cops thing is such an is such a deep seated thing in the like middle American conservative mindset. It probably yes. wouldn't change their position. I often go back and forth about this because it's not not necessarily that I waver on it, but I, I, I play in my head like wargaming, like what could a cop do to a conservative in front of them where the conservative would be like, hey, that's wrong. Like at what point, what, where is the threshold for like the average conservative? Do you know, you know what uh, I think the answer to that is? What, what, what's that? Everything we see videos of them doing, but just to, uh-huh. to that individual. Like, like oh, because I think... That- yeah, I think all that's, of those things, all of those videos, all of those instances of cops uh, going well beyond their authority and fucking with people, mm-hmm. all of those situations, if that happened to one of those conservatives, they would be yeah. the one in the courtroom saying this is this is a miscarriage of my rights and all this stuff. Agree. That would be them. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. Uh, even if like the what happened to them was not different than what happens to any other person almost every day in America. Uh, even if it's just a cop being a complete dick or something like that. I, I agree with you. I think the conservatives would be like, oh, this is, you know, so miscarriage of justice, you know, which it is obviously, but it's it's like, you know, uh, af- after the conservatives have spent their entire lives defending the police, it's kind of like, how much sympathy do I have to give yeah. to this person versus the people who actually hate the cops and are still uh, fucked with by yeah, them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the people who actually talk about these situations and when a video like that comes across Twitter, they're not saying, well, he should have just been respectful. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, it seems it seems, sir, that you've been arrested. Were you respectful? Were you were you uh, were you um, respectful enough to satisfy your own standard? Um, right. 
it seems to me that you weren't because you got arrested anyway. So uh, right. by your own logic, uh, you, you deserve this and it's all happening to you because God hates you. Um, right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's really, because, you know, obviously when the conservatives will, will seemingly just defend cops forever, like they, it's, uh, it's, as it's you said, it's what happens to them. Yes, exactly. And they'll say that, you know, they can say that, well, maybe it's a bad idea to antagonize cops, which, you know, I agree with in a prudential. Oh, sure. Practically, yes. Yeah. I I don't think it's a good idea if you don't want to get arrested. Don't antagonize the police. But I don't – that doesn't mean that I think it's morally wrong to uh, antagonize the police. Yes, yes. Uh, It doesn't mean that I think you're you're like – being a bad person if you antagonize please i don't think that at all uh, you've got every right in the world to be disrespectful to cops that doesn't mean yes. they're going to respect that right um right, and they exactly. likely will not yeah and, but the conservatives i i think are, are some of the the have some of the worst rhetoric on this because they will rhetorically defend the cop while they're beating the shit out of a person laying oh, on yeah. the ground defense like, oh yeah they will always like Almost every time, you, if you can go into a comment section on Twitter or wherever you see some video of a cop just absolutely abusing some person. Like, you know, there's videos of them, like, kicking pregnant women, uh, shit like that. Horrible yep. shit. Like, just awful, awful things. There will always be conservatives, to some degree or another. Some, you know, maybe, maybe some of them, maybe some conservatives just, you know, don't say anything. Or they will admit that, hey, this was a step too far. But almost every single time you go into those comment sections, you will see conservatives, one after the other, saying, well, what happened before the video yeah. of this cop picking the pregnant woman? Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's really horrific. And they'll, um, and they'll do the uh, – they'll, they'll immediately buy – this is the thing, too, that, that people often don't understand is this idea that let's say that you're, that you're in process of being arrested and you, you, it's totally unjustified. You know in your head it's totally unjustified. And they're trying to chain your hands together. Are are you, are you just are you going to go limp and just not? Well, you can't go limp because that's resisting. Um, are you just right. going to l- l- make your arms, but not your legs or any other part of your body limp um, in order to allow them to do that? Or, or when you know this is unjustified, you're being chained oh, together. Yeah. The psych- the psychological effect of that is not um, the psychological effect of being chained with- up is yeah. not is not right. negligible. Like it is horrifying yeah and like there are unconscious reflexes that happen when that is happening to you and the cops will use that as a justification for you resisting exactly and also and then they'll just say stop resisting or even if you're not resisting they'll just say stop resisting and everybody on fucking twitter believes oh well you shouldn't have been resisting shut up (laughs) yeah obviously you're punching him so that means he's resisting right if if he wasn't resisting they wouldn't be punching Dean because they're the good guys and the guy on the ground isn't Right. Uh, I, I've seen videos of that where, like, there's no discernible resisting in the first place, which I don't think resisting arrest is, like, a, an actual crime uh, by libertarian standards. But even if we accept this, that it is, uh, it, most of these, it, it doesn't seem like they're resisting at all. They're just laying there limp, and the cop will be like, stop resisting, stop right. resisting. Well, that's, also, that's one of the things. They'll, if try, you to just... their, they'll try to bend their arms in a way that isn't really uh yes. like they can't contort their arms physically and they'll use that as resistance because their bones physically can't bend in that direction yes it is so absurd yes it is absolutely absurd but it's but but just like that all the 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 i shouldn't say all but the many conservatives in comment sections love to say well he shouldn't have been resisting he shouldn't have been resisting. Like, i i saw no resisting in this video i saw yeah. none at all and the other the other thing too again what's your plan 
Well, how do you think, what, what would your response be if there's a cop who's trying to chain you up and you know you didn't do anything wrong? Are you just, are you going to have the presence of mind to just let that happen? Or are you terrified of being chained up like everyone else on the planet? Right. Um, because that is, it is a, it is a deeply harrowing experience to be chained up like that. It it, it is deeply harrowing and and it it is for everyone. And yeah, there's going to be, you have a psychological need to not allow that to happen to yourself. So yeah, you, you're going to tense up. You're going to try not to let that happen. Yeah. And so their whole position, this whole stop, like, uh, well, you shouldn't have been resisting. Uh, would you? Would you have the presence of mind for that? Right. <laughs> I, I suspect not. Considering you're too dumb to watch a cop uh, uh, clearly uh, going well beyond their authority and, and just say that that's what's happening. Right. <laughs> you're here. <laughs> uh, it just blows my mind. It bugs the hell out of me. Yeah. But it's, I, I, I that that is a common that common trope of well, just stop. Don't argue with the cop. Just you'll take you'll get your day in court. Well, that doesn't fix yeah. it. But also, conservatives will say that without you know any reflection on what they're saying. But when they're just like, uh, you know, don't don't antagonize him. Don't be mean to him. Uh, if you just do what he says, you'll make it out okay. That is a hostage situation. Exactly. <laughs> that is describing a complete hostage situation. That's the advice you give to people in a hostage situation. Exactly. Uh, exactly. We don't, uh, there's, a, there's a reason you're not supposed to negotiate with terrorists unless they have a badge and they're, and they're threatening right. to chain you up. And then in that case, yes. I guess negotiate with terrorists. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it just, I, I, I saw so much of that and it, it really it, people just don't think about the consequences again it's good that we have it's good that we have the day in court as a thing that we have access to that is a good uh-huh. thing i think i think undeniably yes. a good thing um but <laughs> that does not mean that there aren't other punishments that the, the process is the punishment right. it, it you are right. you are all kinds of fucked for merely well, being this arrested is what we're saying before right uh, just because something some people have it worse doesn't mean the people who have it less bad uh, are somehow not suffering, right? So just because there are tyrannical dictatorships where you don't have a day in court, that is horrible. That's bad. It doesn't mean that this system is good because it's less bad. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Well, and, and it certainly, but the existence of the, 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 the psychologically, I don't understand what it is, but the existence yeah. of the day in court has allowed people to just pretend like nothing bad happens in between well, the arrest and the, and the, and the court date. <laughs> It's sort of like the what I think about how conservatives their relationship with the Constitution, right? Uh, conservatives will genuinely believe that, well, no matter what happens, as long as we have the Constitution, we're free, uh, right? right. Uh, as long as that piece of paper exists, being, <laughs> even if they see it being violated left and right, they're like, yeah, it's being violated, and we can all see that. But uh, you know. Uh, people, the next people we get in, they're they're going to follow the Constitution and set everything right. So as long as we have this standard bearer here, this thing to judge all other things by, the uh, Holy Constitution, it will keep us protected. And oftentimes, I think this is in some sense like a neutering effect, right? Because it's like uh, uh, you take conservatives who might become radicalized, but they're still holding on to this belief of that. Mm-hmm. Well, the Constitution will protect us. Everything will be okay because. Uh, we still the, the the paper still exists right or it, it, yeah it's, 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 it's still, still it's still uh uh 
nominally or uh, or uh, uh-huh. oh, what's the term? It starts ostensibly. With ostensibly, exactly. Ostensibly, yeah. these things are protected. Um, uh-huh. Somehow, leading to the leap that these things are not violated. Right. It would be like saying that you know, uh, with if a libertarian said, "Well, I believe in the non-aggression principle," that means people can't aggress. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's just. Just stupid. When in 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 all actuality, we know we know because of our experiences daily that just because something says something is allowable or not allowable does not mean anybody follows that. Like the right. like, there's it's a reason like, that people still people, murder. Do people on like when they're called when these people are calling like their ISP right and they're on the automated line and the automated voice says you're our most valued customer? Do they be like, oh, <laughs> thank you? <laughs> yeah, they believe it. <laughs> they're like, yes, it said I was their most valuable customer. <laughs> three hours on hold, <laughs> just like getting shit on. Exactly. Oh man, oh, it, it just. I don't know. I saw a lot of that over the last little bit, and it just really, really bothers me and bums me out a little bit. There was another guy arguing that, like, well, well, the the like arguing basically the juries never get it wrong. Arguing that if you're like all a defense attorney has to do wow. is show reasonable no, doubt, and it's like if you think all a defense attorney has to do is show reasonable doubt, you don't understand the but also the, yeah, the job. If you think, yeah, also. Just because the uh, if a defense attorney has things that would classify as reasonable doubt, it doesn't mean that's going to classify as reasonable doubt in the minds of the jurors. Oh, juries convict right? over reasonable doubt all the time. And when you go back and talk yeah. to them after they've convicted a client, you go back and talk to them. They will say, uh, well, you know, I didn't really buy this or that. And, and the whole time you're thinking, buddy, that's reasonable doubt. You're, you are telling me you had reasonable doubt. and You convicted anyway. It happens right. all the time. Ask any defense attorney, any yeah. defense attorney, because you get to go back yeah. and ask the jury questions after a case in a lot right. of places. I don't know about, I don't know about everywhere, yeah. but I know here you do. Um, it's become, it's become, do you think he did it rather than is there reasonable doubt here? Exactly. And, and part of that yeah. is overcoming the inherent credibility of the state. Um, if yeah. you can overcome the inherent credibility of the state, you have a chance. It's a massive uphill battle. Massive. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. But that's why you have yeah. to attack the credibility of the officers. You have to attack the credibility of the prosecution. You have to attack the credibility of the state as as an organization because you have to make yeah. the jury understand that like these people are not only fallible but often wrong. Yes, and God, there's something so and we were talking. I was talking about this earlier, where it's like you know you take the example of where you see a bunch of like men beating someone prone on the ground, and most people will have this immediate visceral reaction like oh my god that's horrible but what if if you put a badge and a police uniform on them they'll be like oh they're they're protecting me yeah sure they're doing they're doing <laughs> something a, valuable clearly it's this immediate sense that the cop is in the right it's a mm-hmm. default presumption they hold that well the cop is correct here the cop is in the right it's giving this uh, they're giving a burden uh, of uh, like a level of um well it's the reverse of the presumption right. of innocence they are presuming yeah. that the person being beaten by the officer is guilty of something. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And the cops are innocent. But if you took away their badges and their uniforms, uh, it would be the exact opposite. Exactly. They would, they would immediately assume the person being beat on the ground is innocent, uh, at least at first. And then they would uh, their default assumption would be the people pummeling him are wrong. Exactly. Uh, that, Which is why that would the be dude arguing. 
That's why the dude yeah. arguing that like juries don't get it wrong. It's like, yeah, they absolutely do. And the, and the, one of the bad things about it too, and, and this is a, an unsolvable problem. There is no solution for this. But right. one, of the, one of the problems that you run into, when I told him, I was like, no, 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 juries convict over reasonable doubt all the time. Establishing reasonable doubt is not your only job as a defense attorney. You have to beat the state. That's, that's, that's the actual job, and that's difficult. Um, because even if you establish reasonable doubt, there's no guarantee that you're winning that case, even if you should, by all rights, win that case. Yeah. Um, but the, 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 uh, his, his response to that was that, well, that's why we have appeals. And it's like, no, 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 the appeals court doesn't overturn a jury verdict. The appeals court will overturn a jury verdict when there is no reasonable jury that could have determined uh, what they determined. Right. When there is no evidence whatsoever to support their determination. Or if there's like DNA evidence to the contrary that would prove. Even uh, then, even then, because here's another thing that the state likes to do. Uh, After a case is over, after a certain amount of time, usually when the first appeal is exhausted, they'll just destroy all the evidence in the case. Oh, that's nice. So then you have nothing to compare to later on. If you get some evidence that could uh, show actual innocence, um, Uh uh, you have nothing to compare it to because all the evidence in the case was destroyed. They're not supposed to do that, but they'll do it. Yeah. 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 Oh. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, they just—they. I mean, this, this is a. They, they, the, the whole system is set up such that a verdict is supposed to be final. Um, well, I which, mean, after that's what they did after uh, uh, Waco. They they uh, took all the evidence out and lost a lot of it. Uh, yeah. Uh, and just like, oh, whoops, we we just lost that. Uh, you know, there there is uh, what is it? Yeah, after the the fire. Um, they didn't let any other like private or independent investigator examine any of the evidence. They took all the evidence. They did not allow anyone in. Uh, they lost the videotapes to their own recordings. Oh, of course. Um, they did. Yeah, of course they did. Right. So yeah, th- this type of stuff happens all the time. And but yeah, is you know as long as you have the constitution that says they're not allowed to do it, everything's fine. Yeah, everything's okay. Exactly. And it, it, well, I mean, the other thing too in Texas, you have this. You have a standard in Texas called the one witness rule. And and what this standard means is that if if there's one witness whose testimony supports conviction and the jury believes them, they can convict based upon one witness. The the, the jury is meant to be the arbiter of who is trustworthy on the witness stand mm-hmm. and who is credible. And so the jury will can determine that there is one credible witness and that that person supports conviction. And so they convict that 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 is something they're allowed to do, um, which is good. Because it cuts the other way. It, it also means that if there's one right. witness who the, who the jury finds credible and their version of events does not support conviction, they can acquit. Right? So it right. cuts both ways. It's a good standard. It's generally a good standard. But the, uh, the, the problem that you run into then is that y- there is no real uh, appeal. Or I don't know why the static is suddenly breaking the gate. Um, I'll fix that while I speak. Uh, there is no uh, method by which an appeal can can actually show that a that there wasn't enough evidence so long as there's one good witness who agrees with the state. Right. You know what I mean? That yeah, yeah. a reasonable jury could convict based upon one credible witness. Mm hmm. Uh, is my audio screwed up? Uh, I, I didn't hear you for a second. Yeah, it uh, Okay, I think it sounds good. All right. Okay. I don't know. Contabile just suddenly shut down. 
I hear I hear a little static, but it's not it's not aggressive. It should be fixed now. Um, okay. the okay, so yeah, the that's the one witness rule. That's the that's the thing. And so uh, the the argument of like, well, if you get if you get convicted and you're actually innocent, you can just appeal. No, no, you can't. Right, it's not going to get overturned. It's, they're not going to overturn a conviction. <laughs> Um, it's very rare that they do that. It's very rare that there's not sufficient evidence. Um, right. Cause it's no reasonable jury. No reasonable jury could have convicted. That's the standard. And that is a very high standard because they really want verdicts to be final. Um, I think, and again, I, I don't know a good solution for this because obviously, you know, juries are juries. What are you going to do type thing? But it's, it's like, I, I, I feel like justice leans more towards, it is better, you know, this is what uh, Blackstone's rule, Blackstone's law. It's better to let 10 guilty men go free than one innocent person uh, uh, be imprisoned. Yes. Uh, yeah. It, it's like. Uh, Blackstone's I, ratio, I, I think, is the. Is Blackstone's the, ratio, yes. Yeah, yeah. To where, yeah, that is like, I, even if you had, even if the jury gets it wrong to the point where they, they let bad people go, I think that is. It's much superior to mm-hmm. imprisoning one innocent person. Yes, like, that is just horrific. I agree, uh, so but the but you, there, it's also, kind of an unsolvable problem because if you now have an appeals court that can that can determine the evidence on their own, now you've basically yeah. taken away the jury trial and you are right. replacing it with a panel of judges who look at evidence and determine whether or not someone is guilty or innocent. That's just the European system, and that's uh, right. it comes with all its own problems. Like it's it's kind of an unsolvable problem. I, there's there's really not a solution. problem. Problem. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There's so a, the, yeah. Eh. It's a. I don't know. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, it, it's hard because the only way you can really quote unquote solve the problem is by actually teaching people beforehand what reasonable doubt means uh, in a yes. legal proceeding and if there if you find if you think that this is what reasonable doubt might look like and this is what you should do if you think it's been found uh by by the defense attorney uh this is how you should the rule as opposed to whatever whim this dr- juror might have at a certain time yes uh, towards towards the defendant and it used to be uh, it used to be you could articulate and define what reasonable doubt is to a jury i don't think you can do that anymore in a lot of places um yeah because they're supposed to be like usually like people will say percentages but that doesn't really apply in all cases because you know you don't really have um yeah the percentage thing is kind of weird to me yeah uh, it's weird it's like well reasonable doubt means you are 99.9 percent sure it's like well that doesn't really what does that mean yeah Yeah, what does that mean (laughs) <laughs> exactly um, what is, it's like the whole utilitarian problem it's like i value this at 43.78 utils yes exactly what, what, exactly. what the fuck's a util <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but it's also like you know there's also you know like jury nullification like even if uh, even if this person technically did break the law the juror is theoretically still within their right to say, yeah, he broke the law. I'm yes. quitting. Yes, which is illegal to speak about in some places. Yeah, which <laughs> uh, is insane. That's so insane. To I know. About. I know. Uh, it's nuts. But you're not allowed to talk about jury nullification in a lot of places. Uh, if, if you're, especially if you're an attorney, and especially if you're in a courtroom, uh, you are not allowed to mention it. It, it is, the, it is the, the inherent right of a jury that shall not be spoken. 
it is, uh, and, and then judges hate it. There's, there's, there's a lot of, uh, I, there's an excerpt, I shouldn't say judges generally hate it. There, there's a, a school of thought, uh, a school of jurisprudential thought and legal thought that says that the, uh, the right of jury nullification um, undermines the democratic function of law. Because the, the, because the people have determined, because we live in a democracy, the people have determined, our, our democracy is at stake, obviously, but we live in one, uh, but, but it's at stake, so we have to vote for one party because that keeps the democracy going. Anyway, um, the, <laughs> the, uh, the democratic process has determined that these things should be illegal, and, the, and 12 people on a jury don't have a right to override that, right? That's the argument is that jury nullification undermines the democratic process. And also at like uh, at voir dire when they're selecting the when they're selecting the jury, don't the uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I've never uh, been on a jury, but does, don't some judges even specifically say uh, you have to um, uh, you have to uh, um, indict or quit based on the law, the legal text of the law itself. Yes. So don't they kind of like exclude? Yeah. Yeah. So Journalification that... gets excluded in a lot of different um, kind of. Uh, yeah. And, and jury, jury instructions will, will, and at Vordire, you're correct. Um, and oh. you said it properly, by the way, I said Vordire because that's the way you say it in Texas, but everywhere else it's Vordire. Oh, okay. I, I didn't um, even pick up on that. Okay, yes. I did, you yeah, said okay, it, yeah. you said it correctly. I, I wanted to, matter. I wanted to be very clear that I wasn't like subtly correcting you or anything. Texas says it wrong. Okay. Um, and if no, you no, don't, no. and if you don't say it wrong in Texas, everyone will know you're not from Texas. <laughs> uh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so, but yes, at Vordire as well, uh, things like that will be said. Is it illegal to say, to um, say you should, if someone were to say that you should, when a judge asks you that, uh, that you should lie to them? Is that illegal? <laughs> well, um, I mean, generally, I, I mean, yes, it would be illegal to lie. You're probably under oath at that time. Um, okay. Yeah, that'd be uh, a real shame if uh, people lied under oath and like yes, said they is... weren't going to uh, in, engage in jury nullification. Then did that'd be a real shame. Yes, that is. Uh, well, generally, there's not going to be like an explicit "Will you nullify?" and they expect the answer no. Like you're not that that, right, that kind of thing is not going you, to be if you quit or indict based on the law. Isn't that kind of like the same thing? It's just they're saying it in a different way. It's kind of like the same thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like they're, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, yeah. It's, I'm just saying it'd be a shame if someone, let's say, uh, got onto a jury and when the judge asked them if they would indict or acquit based on the legal uh, standings of the law itself, if someone just said, yeah, sure, and then well, that also, that, that also may not even real. be a question. It might just be an instruction. That's, oh, that's true. Right. Okay, you might, yeah, you yeah. might not be asked to, to verify that you can do that. You will be asked that, that you can, uh, judge the case, uh, you know, un- in an unbiased way based uh-huh. on the evidence presented. Um, right. You will be asked that uh, in Fort Dyer, but but the um, whether or not that in particular is a question isn't uh, that that's not universal. That it may not even be a question; it yeah, might just yeah. be an instruction. Um, yeah, and and there are some places uh, there are not not just places, but there are ways that you can tiptoe your way to a nullification argument in some cases. Um, mm-hmm. In 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 that sort of sense you can you can do it but it's very 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 difficult and you're not allowed generally yeah. to say the words during okay 
Um, oh yeah, yeah. From what I understand from what people have said, you can't like in the selection process. You can't even if you even say jury nullification, there's a good chance you're not going to be selected as a juror. Uh, yes, that is that is true. Uh, if you if you if you know that word and the uh, yeah. the prosecutor knows that word, they're going to burn a strike on you. Yeah, absolutely, they will. Um, yeah. So don't say it, guys. Don't, don't say, say it. it. <laughs> don't say it. Uh, yeah. it, it, that's the thing. So that, it, there's a, Vore Dyer is an interesting process. It's a complicated yeah. process. And the things that you ask and the things that you're going to strike from and stuff, it, it's a, it's a very, it's an, it's a, it's a cool process. I like Vore Dyer, as, like theoretically, yeah. um, cause it's interesting, but jury selection, I mean, jury selection is one of those things that people will for years and years become experts on. And, and uh-huh. you, you, like you can hire consultants that will assist you in jury selection. That's what the, the Rittenhouse uh, people uh, absolutely hired mm. jury consultants. Uh, one of them was they actually hired the jury consultant that worked with Cochran on the OJ case. Oh, interesting. Yep. Uh, that, was, that was something that Robert Barnes was talking about, actually, when he was, he mm. used to be on that legal team uh, before uh, there was a falling out. I can't remember what over. But, um, Robert Barnes was talking about how they had hired the uh, the the jury consultant that had worked with Cochran on OJ. Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't know that. Huh. Yep. I do not know uh, the truth of that, but I have no reason to doubt it. I mean, that's that that is a whole ass job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and if you're at all related to the OJ case on the defense side, you're you probably got a pretty good career following that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's an interesting thing, but just like that, the, the, uh, I can't remember how we got off on that, but yeah, the, uh, the, the notion that, that juries are perfect, um, they tend to be a lot better in civil cases, frankly. I mean, the, the, when you don't have yeah. the, when you, when you have a, a jury that understands that it's, that it's one side's word against the other and they're presenting evidence on equal footing, um, right. juries tend to do okay, but, but you have this presumption that the state is right. You don't have the, the bias right. of the police, right? Yes. You don't have the bias of the police there. Uh, yeah, that, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Yeah, and it's really hard to overcome. And that's why people, yeah. people are just like, well, if you make sure there's a reasonable doubt, you'll win. Nope. Right. <laughs> no, that's not the case. Right. <laughs> that is very much not the case. In fact, if all you're doing is trying to establish reasonable doubt, you're probably losing a lot. Um, <laughs> a lot more than a defense attorney usually loses, which is all the time. Uh, but... It's, uh, yeah, and, and, you know, the truth of the matter is, a lot of the time, the state got their man. A lot of the time, mm-hmm. they're right. And the, the problems that you run into is bad investigations. You run into investigations that aren't um, up to snuff. You run into, they mm-hmm. didn't check out to see if this other plausible suspect did it. They didn't even look into it. Or, you know, you'll have a bad investigation that results in the, uh, the, the arrest of the right guy, but they didn't investigate it properly. And you can, and you end up attacking that, um, in a lot of cases. So there's a, there's a, it's, it's not just a game of like, can you make them 90, 94% sure he did it? Yeah. They're con- they're convicting if you do that. Right. <laughs> like that's, you've lost. Um, but in any case, yeah, the, it's not a, it's not a, uh, it is not a, it's nowhere near a perfect system. Nowhere yeah. near it. Yeah. And this, the notion that your day in court solves all your problems is 
uh, yeah, deeply, deeply flawed and not understanding of, of the actual system. Yeah. Um. Oh, so I had started telling you about something before we started the show. Mm-hmm. And that was, I discovered something very interesting about the Disney Channel. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So if you're familiar, I don't know if you're familiar with Kevin Perjury. Uh, the name doesn't ring a bell. He runs a YouTube channel called Defunct Land. And it started out with him making little mini docs on the on like abandoned amusement parks and and, you know, abandoned rides and stuff like that. Just kind of, you know, what happened to this ride at, at this Disneyland location or at this Six Flags location or why did Adventure Park get abandoned? Whatever it is. Um, started out doing things like that and then sort of grew into a, a, a kind of a full on documentarian in his own right. And he released a documentary recently. It's very, very interesting about the Disney Channel theme. And it's a, it, that, that theme that the Disney Channel had, that was that four note mm-hmm. mnemonic that they yeah. had. That was, uh, uh, dump, dump, dump. Yep. Yep. And it was at the end of all the station IDs and all the stuff like that. And, the, and the wand IDs that they did. Um, yes. Okay. In that documentary, he speaks to a woman who was, uh, I believe she was the uh, head of the network at the time, head of Disney Channel. And the woman, Andrea Taylor was her name, she described how the Synergy machine at Disney functions. And one of the things that she described was, she was in, she was in this big, you know, the, she was in the, uh, the... This the, the, a big conference room with all the people who are like the heads of their departments, and everybody's going through and talking about how they're being synergistic. <laughs> it's very corporate. They're talking about I'm like synergizing. Exactly. Uh, you know, you'd have one person who's saying, "Yeah, well, you know, we're launching this new cartoon on Disney Channel, and so mm-hmm. we over here at Lunchboxes are making lunchboxes for the new cartoon." It's that kind of thing. Um. And so what yeah. she, she described that before the release of Finding Nemo, long before the release of Finding Nemo, the movie was still in production, it was about a year out, and she, as, as you know, it, it, in the programming, she was doing um, little, uh, as part of like the station ID packages and stuff, she was doing these unbranded, they were not branded as Finding Nemo or anything like that, fish facts. Oh, and they were just little. They had like a little fish on them swimming, and it had like a little trivia fact about fish. Uh huh. Maybe there was one about clownfish and how <laughs> they live in anemones. Or maybe there was one about uh, uh, what kind of fish is Dory? I don't remember. Oh yeah. But maybe yeah. there was one about that kind of fish and something about them. Mm-hmm. And so they do they, these fish facts about fish. Right. This is like a year out from Finding Nemo coming out. They start doing these fish it's facts. It's kind of like predictive programming. Yeah, you're it setting is, people up. It is guess. 100% designed to get kids autistic about fish <laughs> yeah. right before they announce this movie. Yeah. And they, <laughs> they, they, were, they, were, they, they, they had these things on the network 
the kids are sitting there watching and some kids are just like oh fish are cool i love fish fish are awesome you have one about sharks on there you got a shark fact sharks can't mm-hmm. swim backwards you got all kinds of stuff on there and 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 they they the kids then are just like oh man i love fish fish are like a thing i like now <laughs> yeah and then six months later it's like hey this movie finding nemo and the kid's like oh i love fish i want to see that yeah right right yeah <laughs> that's fucking that's how it works that's yeah, how oh, yeah. they do it and it's not just I mean, this is, of course, you know, how, how to manipulate kids into buying your stupid product. Um, that's, abs- that's easy. Kids are stupid. But it yeah. works on every level, to, on, like, with everyone. Oh, yeah. Like, this whole, like, you are, like, you are not immune to propaganda. Like, the, 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 right. this kind of thing functions even for adults. Oh, yeah, the principle is the same, right? The, the manifestation might be different, but the principle is the same. Exactly. Uh, like, like, for example, right, um, Oftentimes, like, I often think about this, like, when you look at the media and you often look about, like, what are the things that people care about, right? Well, usually they, the things that people, like, uh, the, the, the crisis of the week type shit, right? Yeah. Um, obviously, that comes from the media. And I'm not saying it's completely, like, fabricated by the media. I'm not not saying that either, but I'm not necessarily <laughs> saying it's fabricated uh, by the media. But it, what it certainly says is that um, when you have all these different news stations talking about the same story oftentimes you can have this um event whatever it is uh be seen as something bigger than it actually is it gives more um prominence to its um widespread uh you know nature i guess like if someone if you just if you're on the if you're watching the news and you hear about some event that happened over and over and over and over again you're more likely to think that oh this is much bigger than i thought it was previously Um, And that may be true, but it's also kind of like manipulated to be that way as well. Um, I don't I don't know who made the movie. Let's just say it's Disney. But like, let's just say that Disney made Valkyrie, the Tom Cruise vehicle that was about the assassination of the assassination attempts on Adolf Hitler. Um, Let's just say for let's just say Disney made it. I don't don't think they did, but it was it was some fucking conglomerate that this would work for. Yeah. Um, I know it was like Paramount or Lionsgate or something, maybe. Probably, I don't but you know that's I believe Paramount is Viacom, right? So they. Oh right. You know what I mean? Like so, so it's that we'll kind say of Disney. So yeah, right. We'll so just say Disney. Disney, just for clarity, and uh, but yeah. the, the, it was somebody else. But uh, let's say it's Disney. Let's say, uh, and Disney of course owns ABC. So right. let's say maybe Disney, um, maybe ABC News has a package. About uh, about hey, it's the it's the 35th anniversary of the little known assassination attempt by by Nazi officers on Adolf Hitler. It's it's a fascinating story. This is a this is a we have a we have a package about it, and they showed on fucking 60 Minutes or whatever, whatever the news magazine equivalent is on on ABC. So they show this package about Valkyrie and all this other stuff. And they, you know, mm-hmm. they, they might run it again or they'll put up a, a, on ABC.com, ABCnews.com. They'll have, a, they'll have a story written up about it. They'll really, you know, permeate the news with it. And then three weeks later, oh, it looks like oops, uh, this, uh, Disney is, is this May Valkyrie from Disney. And now everybody's like aware of the story. It's They're like, like oh, oh, they this made a cool. story about it. Yeah, they made exactly. a story about the news story I just heard. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, like, were, they made a movie. How did they make that movie so fast? I just heard about yeah. it. Right. <laughs> and it's like, no, no, no. The reason you heard about it is because they're making the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
This kind of thing happens all the time. Yeah. All the time. Oh, yeah. And it works. It absolutely works. Yeah. But that's, that's called synergy. Right. <laughs> you know, you, you might even have, like, before something like Finding Nemo comes out, you might even have, like, a, you know, ABC is going to be ramping up stories about the, the, the trash island in the Pacific. Uh-huh. Right. Fucking synergy, man. Yeah. But that's how it works. And that's those are the problems you run into when six companies own all your media. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I think it's actually five now. I think it's less. <laughs> yeah. But it's, well, it's I mean, like it's a twist. People. Like Fox got bought out by Disney. So, yeah, now it's, it's even less. Right. But it like twists you and what you want. You think about it, too. It's, I mean, this is used. This is absolutely used to affect like legislation. Oh, yeah. And stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I was like, you know, ABC running stories about how, uh, you know, uh, the copyright system, super important. And here's a feel good story about a guy who got rich after he patented the invention right. he built in his and garage. China and, is stealing all of our copyright. Exactly. All of our IP, our precious exactly. IP. Our precious IP. Yeah. This is why IP is so great. And it just turns out that that year, Congress is going to be voting on whether or not to extend copyright, you know, ah, for like yeah. Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like some people call that, well, that's a conspiracy theory. But like if you just view it like through their personal interest, it's like, yeah, it, why would if you're just looking at self-interest alone, why wouldn't you do that? Right. If you're you this would. company. Yeah, it's like, yeah, but you if again, not thinking about like ethics or anything like that. But if you're just primarily motivated by your own pure like self-interest, your own base self-interest, it's like, yeah, a, a person obviously would do that. You're a uh, company that is like not monetary. Only- Yes, you're a company that is motivated not only by your own self-interest and monetary gain for you and your shareholders, as you should be as a company, but yeah. you also have no ethical problem with manipulating children into being autistic about fish so they'll bother their parents to buy them the fucking Finding Nemo tickets and merchandise and all that shit. Uh-huh. You have no ethical problem with doing that. Right. And we know they have no ethical problem with doing that because we know they did it. Right. So, so if you have no ethical qualms about manipulating children in that way, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't right. you do and, all and that all, shit? If you're down, yeah, it, it's like obviously the there's uh, the idea that these people don't have interests that align with other institutions is just that that's the most unbelievable conspiracy oh, theory, really. Right. That is like an unbelievable conspiracy theory that the that people do not conspire. Uh, yeah, right. It's like they obviously do. We know. I mean, they, just, when she said that, I was I was flabbergasted. We're all sitting around a big table and everybody who was the head of their departments. were talking about how they were synergizing with the rest of the company. And it's like, right. Why wouldn't ABC News be there at that table? Right. Why wouldn't they be? Why wouldn't they be talking about how? Oh, we're going to do a lot more coverage of uh, oceans and global warming and of uh, the trash pile out in the Pacific, and uh, you know, hopefully, there's a shark story. I think also th- there's um, a certain tendency on the, like the right wing, and it's not exclusive to them, right? Obviously, you know, like the left wing is also has their own conspiracy theories that are are, are also just insane. Uh, but I think that uh, there's a, there's a tendency on the right to kind of like they'll take the base instinct that oh, these institutions conspire. But then they'll twist them in a way where it's like, oh, they're, you know, these they'll twist it in a way where they'll take it away from this is not based on monetary self-interest and turn it into something else, which I find kind of unbelievable personally. It's like, no, they're doing this because they want your fucking money. That is why they're doing this. Yes, they want your money. Uh, 
I'm sure there's some like people in these institutions that are true believers and do have some ideological stake in some of this. But mostly the corporation is trying to get your money. They're trying to find ways that you will pay them money. That is what they're doing. That is why they, um, when, when Disney releases a movie uh, and there's some gay like gay character or uh, like gay kiss or gay scene in the movie, that gets edited out in China. Yeah, that, that they, don't, they don't show that. Gone. For example, a perfect example of that. This is a perfect example of that, okay? Do you remember yeah. the story about the rainbow flags in the Spider-Man game? Yes, and, I do, yes. And there was a mod that removed them and replaced them with American flags. Yeah. Okay. That mod wasn't a mod. All that mod did was surface the textures for the Saudi Arabian version of the game. <gasps> really? Yes. I didn't know that. So they just took the textures that were already there for the Saudi Arabian version and put them on the uh, uh, non-Saudi Arabian yeah, version. Yeah, they, they shipped with the game. Oh my God. And it would just surface the that. textures based on the region. Yeah, so I saw that news story pop up, and I didn't really look into it too much because, like, whatever. But I didn't know that that was not a player creation. That that's actually something the developers had for the stuff. Yeah, wow. it was it was already in the game. Holy they shit. just they just surfaced those textures for those specific flags. <gasps> that's insane. So it wasn't even like it wow. wasn't even a mod. It was it shipped with the game. It was right. just changing the like region for those create. textures. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, right. You know, you, you have all this thing where it's like, and also this is something that also can bother me about conservatives. Because oftentimes they'll be like, oh, well, you know, these, these corporations are pushing a, a, the gay agenda or some shit like that. But it's like, no, it's much, it's much simpler than what you're <laughs> exactly. actually thinking. Uh, it, it's actually that corporations like to scoop up markets before they are fully manifested. So when people are like, well, well, how, why are they appealing to, you know, such a small portion of the population? No, that you're not thinking about this correctly. Um, because every gay person has, uh, most gay people have a family and nowadays most gay people are more accepted by their families. And also there's an entire big population of America that is also accepting of gay people. So when, when they market like, products like for pride month they're marketing them not just to the gay people but also to the people who are friends and family of them do that, you know, see, that is exactly do you know toward. do you know why the subaru okay is mm-hmm. is uh it kind of as a joke right known as a yeah. lesbian's car uh, i don't know that no because subaru was having market share problems uh-huh. and an ad company for uh, that subaru had hired to try and fix their market share problems, decided we are going to advertise specifically in gay and lesbian periodicals. Oh, okay. Okay, this makes more sense now. The reason that a Subaru is considered to be a lesbian's car (laughs) is because they advertised specifically to lesbians. And it was a lesbian's car. Yeah. It's not a. It's not like a. It's not like some weird kind of like uh, strange generalization people are making. That was an mm-hmm. active market choice by Subaru. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. And also, it, it's like if you're a corporation and there are disparate elements, there are people who are both on the margins, but they're also growing in like acceptance, right? It makes complete sense that you would want to get ahead of things and market to these people uh, 
early so that you have a dedicated market for them later down the road. Well, that's one of the things that they had determined. And and one of the things that's always been true is that, uh, especially since, you know, since more social liberalization has occurred, but has been true for a very, very, very long time, um, is that the the level of um, disposable wealth is mm-hmm. highest if you're going if you're going to do demographic breakdowns uh gays and lesbians have incredibly high disposable wealth yeah. incredibly high yeah and so they that that was one of the things that drove subaru to market specifically to gay and lesbians mm-hmm. is because they right. they said well we're going to um we, we need more market share this is a demographic that is not being advertised to specifically and uh they have a lot of disposable income so we're going to market specifically to gays and lesbians. Right. Active choice by them. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing yeah. that, you, that you're talking about is this idea that it's like, well, why are, they, why, why are they pandering to the gays in the Spider-Man game? They're not pandering to the gays. Yeah, no. <laughs> they know who has the money and they want them to buy the game. Right. <laughs> right. That's why it, every, yeah. every Disney property now for the last five years has had a first gay in it. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and not in the China version. No, no, no of course not in the Chinese version. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. No. But everywhere else, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Also, it, um, like, it, it's really crazy to think about because, like, how much China, like, really owns the, uh, like, uh, movie industry, the market, how much sway they have there. Because they're a huge part of... Massive, like, massive um, market. For, yeah, like foreign gross uh for movies massive absolutely insanely massive and that means that a lot of disney movies or a lot of movies in general really not just disney uh but also have they have certain things that they just can't put in their movies um um i, I think uh, china has this restriction of portraying like ghosts or ghouls um to yeah. some extent and you often don't see that in explicitly in Disney movies if there's like some source material disney is pulling from that has like ghouls or ghosts Usually, they will try to make them. They will alter them in some way as so that they can be um, approachable to um, uh, a Chinese market, yep. for example. Yeah, um, they'll, they'll do, they do that a lot. A lot. Yeah. Yes, I, there's a there's a kind of a constant thing. I mean, this is what the reason that there were so many Transformers movies that got made, uh-huh. and the reason why I think one of the worst ones was the fourth one, <clears throat> and they had a. A whole set piece, like the the whole final third of the movie, was shot in China. Oh, <laughs> because they because they had so much at that point, it had shifted such that Transformers movies were doing well, not necessarily in the United States, but in China. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of Chinese investment in those films, and right. so they were they spent the last several uh, Transformers movies pandering to the Chinese market. Yep. Because that's where the money was. That's where the money was coming in. That's why the, right. that happened a lot with a lot of these, uh, with a lot of the more recent monster films like Godzilla, Pacific Rim, uh, the the uh, kaiju movies. That's all of that stuff is 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 marketed to China. It's not for oh, American goodness. audiences, right? And, uh, that's where the because that, that's where the fucking money is. And so, if right. the Spider-Man game can have can have rainbow flags in the United States version, yeah, we'll just make regular ass flags, uh, regular ass American flags for the Saudi Arabian version, right? And then ban a guy for surfacing those textures that we shipped with the game. 
Yeah. <laughs> the guy got yeah. banned from Nexus. And it was yeah. like, you, you, That's you, wild. Uh, he didn't even, it's not even really a mod. Like he didn't, he didn't make those flags. They were in the game already. Yeah. It just, it, it, it's, it, oh, did you ban, did, 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 did Sony get banned from selling the game because they had those textures in there for the Saudi Arabian market? <laughs> did they, did they get, no? Imagine my shock. Well, it's like, I saw people on, on Twitter complaining because the new Modern Warfare game has, um, as like calling cards or you can have like uh, gay flags, bisexual flags, uh, trans flags. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. All it's all stuff. over Destiny 2 like, now oh. too, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because like they were complaining because like, oh, this is just more proof of like, you know, uh the widespreadness of like the, the gay agenda. It's like, no, dude, they are want your fucking money. Yes. That is what they're doing. That is their primary motivation in life. Yes. <laughs> they want you to buy their product. And that's the why they're doing it. <clears throat> the same thing has <laughs> happened with a lot of this the was, feminist shit. Was, they gay, called it pink capitalism. Yeah. If 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 gay people were still like extremely marginalized like they were in the 1950s, you would not see that because no. there's not a profitable enough market base for them to actually put that in the game. Yeah, because like, nobody wants just, to advertise be- because now it's become frankly, it's become it's become there's a level of social capital now to advertising that you belong to one of those groups. And because right. that level of social capital is there, people will be happy to advertise that fact. And exactly, exactly. As co- if and, companies and- make make the ability to do that more available who's a more loyal customer right exactly you're you're what you're doing is that as i said before they're uh getting out ahead of this so that they're trying to they're trying to build up a loyal uh purchase base like people who will go out and purchase their products in the future because it's not just like a one-time thing where like these companies try to get people to buy their products once no no, no. they're trying to make people come back in the future to buy more of their products so they're trying to like uh say oh look i'm one of you i support you and that means that i view you as an asset that will appreciate over time for exactly exactly Uh, well yeah we we gave you we gave you the trans emblem for free and so now uh you'll buy the battle pass because it's got that emblem in it that's really fucking cool right that really cool emblem with all the helicopters and shit flying around yeah Uh that that banner is locked behind the battle pass it's really cool but and we gave right. you the trans emblem, and it'll look great with your trans emblem. Trust me. So right. you set your emblem to the trans, it's and like, then you go buy the also, battle pass. Also, like these corporations who like decorate for Christmas. I'm not saying that the people inside don't uh, don't care about Christmas or anything, but like as the primary motivation for that corporation, they're decorating for Christmas because people in celebrate Christmas, they enjoy Christmas, and they want to feel at home in your store. Yes, people that, like Christmas time. Feel, yes. They want to feel that experience in your store, and if they feel that and they feel like this is a jolly place, they're more likely to stay and buy. Versus yes. if, if it comes Christmas time and there's no Christmas ornaments up, there's nothing up, uh, people are, are going to be less likely during Christmas We made time a giant reindeer. <laughs> we made a giant reindeer out of various Coca-Cola beverages. Uh, we we <laughs> just did that for fun. Right. We just because, did yeah, that we for wanted, us. Yeah, for no reason, really, just yeah, because. There's yeah. no reason for us to do We just did that for fun. The, the, the Coca-Cola distributor definitely didn't show up in the store and build that as part of his job. <laughs> So that Coca-Cola can sell more in Walmart. Right. That's yeah. not how that happened. Yeah. They just did it for fun because they like the holidays. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
<laughs> I don't I don't fucking understand. Yeah. I don't I don't understand why people are 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 so unable to hook into that and like see it while mm. it's happening. I, I know no one's mean for propaganda. You're not going to see it at all times, but it's one of those yeah. things that when it's obvious, it's obvious. Like, here's the thing, right? People who like, uh, it's obvious for people on the outside to see it, right? Where it's like, oh, well, and, and you know, like even people who are gay or queer or anything, uh, they obviously know they're being pandered to. Most of them know they're being pandered to, like in Pride Month when all these corporations, you know, put on the emblem. A lot of them are just like, oh, this is shit. Exactly. Uh, they know it. But, but um, also for some people, um they'll see that oh all these companies have like pride flags now and they'll think oh this is just like a conspiracy to push some agenda but it's like no you as a as if you've purchased anything over time if there's a specific company who has um marketed to you you have been incorporated in their agenda at one yes, point or another exactly you are and you don't see it you can see it on the outside because it's easy to see from like they're pandering to people uh, who are a part of a demographic you aren't. So maybe it's more noticeable to you. But the idea that uh, you as a person, as a person living in America, have not been pandered to at one point uh, is inconceivably rare. Like, oh, yeah. I, I could, I, like you, you are a part of, um, like, you were, as you said, you, you were not immune from propaganda. At some point, uh, some company has tried and probably succeeded in getting you to buy their product. Oh, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. And, and the other thing, here's the interesting thing, too. Okay, so I was looking at, I was thinking about this. The movie The Fifth Estate. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's a, that was uh, distributed by Walt Disney. The Walt Disney Studio. Yeah. Produced by Touchstone, DreamWorks. These are, mm-hmm. these are, I believe Touchstone is actually a Disney company. Uh, the, the parent company, Walt Disney Studio. Yeah. Okay. So that's a Touchstone film distributed by Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. I would be very interested to see, and I'm not going to do it because it would take too much time, but I would be very interested to see coverage of Julian Assange on ABC <laughs> and through ABC properties in the months preceding the release of the film The Fifth Estate. Mm-hmm. I would be very interested to see that because I bet it's high. I bet it's <laughs> higher than average. I just, I, I would, I would just, I would bet money. And that's how they do these kinds of things. That's how they do it. <clears throat> there was the, 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 if you remember the fifth estate, that was the movie about Julian. I didn't say that. I didn't preface with that. The movie, the fifth estate's about Julian Assange. Um, yeah. Yeah. Released in 2013. Uh, but that, that movie, I, I would bet, I would bet ABC's coverage of Julian Assange stuff and WikiLeaks stuff was high. <laughs> In the months preceding the release oh, yeah. of that, I'm, I'm sure ABC's yeah. a Disney property. Yeah. So that that and and that whole thing is just I, again, like you said, I, I, it, people see it as conspiracy, but it's like kind of the obvious move, right? I mean, it, it's a conspiracy in the sense that you have these interested people working together to enact some strategy uh, in like so. It's sure. a conspiracy in the most general. Uh, clinical uh, definition of the right, the most literal not, definition of a conspiracy. Yeah, it's not insidious necessarily. Um, 
it, it like it's not malevolent. I mean, it can be, but it's not inherently malevolent. Right. And it's not and it's uh, not a conspiracy theory in the sense that it's like, oh, it's a conspiracy theory about the reptilians. No, yeah. it's it's about right. how corporations right. synergize to take your money. Like that's right. It's very, very simple. <laughs> yeah. And it is the problem. Just like, that is the problem when you've got four or five companies now who who control all of media. Mm hmm. So there's a reason they put the stupid Avengers in Phineas and Ferb. Right. It's to make the stupid kids go see the Avengers. Right, exactly. I mean, that's why, like, video games always do, like, promotions with other media nowadays, right? Like Fortnite, for example. Good God, Fortnite is probably the, the titular example of that. Uh, um, Fortnite is so, Fortnite is such a huge property that Epic Games yeah. can get Disney and Warner Brothers to sign on yes. to put their comic book characters in the game. Inside. You can be yes. Thanos and Batman. Yes, and, and uh, Master Chief and uh, Kratos. Oh my uh, so god! Sony and Microsoft, and uh, it's insane. And, uh, Rick from Rick and Morty. Uh, so you you have all of these like uh, Rick and media. Morty. That's Rick and Morty is what yeah. Cartoon Network. So that's Adult Swim is Cartoon Network yeah, is Warner, Warner Brothers, Brothers. I think. Yeah. 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 It's wild. Yeah, so you have uh, Fortnite is just this amalgamation of all these different media properties uh, enacting in a, like, as you said, they're synergizing together so that you have this mutually beneficial thing where it's like, oh, I like this character. I'm going to buy this skin from Fortnite because I, I like this character in media. And then you have all the and then the people who have never who don't know about that character might see them like them and go look at and look at them in other places where they, they came from, where they originated from. So you have this two way uh, like uh, causation where it's like exactly. oh, yeah, you have people going in both directions where it's like you have people getting drawn into the game and then people from the game going in. I want to know. I want to know how Fortnite is it. Is it OK? The Kitsune skin in Destiny 2. Mm -hmm. Is that Fortnite branded or is it a ripoff? Yes. No, that is no, no, that I mean, that is a, a direct uh, they basically I mean, they, there's some alterations to it, um, um, but it's mostly the same. It is mostly ripoff. OK, was that the, was, uh, was that was that a Fortnite branded deal? Like yes. like Bungie and, and Epic Games got together in Epic Correct. Games. Why would Epic Games be like, yeah, we'll put one of our skins in your game? Why would they why would they do that? Destiny 2 is not a bigger game um, than Fortnite. Um uh because well, for one, uh, they uh Bungie and Epic Games had a deal um where uh, Destiny 2 was on the Epic Store, right? They okay. uh, so maybe on it was the, part uh, of that. Part of that it, it was part of, it, was, it was part of that. Um, and then I think they released some of their DLCs for free if you downloaded it on Epic. Um, as well. Okay, so there was a cross promo uh, deal to get Destiny players over yes. to the Epic Games Store, and as Correct. part of that cross promo deal, they put an Epic skin from Fortnite Correct. in Destiny. And, de and and Fortnite also put uh, Destiny characters in their game too during yes. that deal. I did not know yeah. that. I do not play Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a it was a big promotion. So like, uh, if anyone plays Destiny, they'll know. You guys will know what we're talking about. But uh, they put uh, like Zavala, Ikora. Okay, um, so they put the yeah. Vanguard characters into Fortnite. Imagine yes. my shock. This is the kind of thing. This is exactly yeah. the kind of thing we're fucking talking about. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it's the the the. Uh, I believe. Bungie is owned now by Sony. 
they are now owned by Sony. They were so they used to be owned by Activision. They broke off from Activision. They were their own independent studio for a while, and now they're owned by Sony. Sony owns Columbia TriStar. So if if you were to see a a film based on Fortnite or Destiny, it would uh-huh. be produced by Columbia TriStar. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like that's the like that these are this is the tangled web, right? Right. <laughs> like that, that this is how this works. And if Sony owned yeah. a a network what network does Sony own a network? A television I don't think network? Sony owns I don't think they own a television network. I could be wrong. Uh they might have like they might have stocks or shares in a certain network, but I don't know if they wholly own one themselves. Uh I, I don't know. I don't know. I know they do in other markets. They own a network. It looks like in India. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. If they did, you would certainly see. Uh, you would certainly see a, uh, a, a some sort of tie-in there. You would see right. You know, a Destiny movie advertised well, also, on you know, a Sony-owned television. Of, also, speaking of Sony, uh, Sony owns the. Uh, movie rights to spider-man right uh yes they do um and for a and long time never gave them spider-man <laughs> correct spider-man could not appear in any marvel movie because sony technically owned the rights because when the 90s marvel went bankrupt all, almost practically i think they did actually technically uh, and then, yes um, they may have they, they, they nearly did. collapsed yeah. they, they they nearly, nearly went away entirely and because because they were losing so much money, they started selling all the um, rights to their characters to all these different companies. So, for example, Fox owned uh, X Men and Fantastic Four. The, not not the full rights, just the tel- the movie rights. Movie um, rights, right? So Fox owned Fox owned um, X Men and the Fantastic Four characters like that. Um, uh, someone else, I can't Universal remember. Studio owned, owned Hulk. the Hulk. Universal owned Hulk. Mm-hmm. Universal owned Hulk. Um, and Sony owned Spider Man, right? Yes. And um, when Spider-Man was officially added to the MCU, the deal was, I believe, like, we'll add Spider-Man to these characters. But you, I, I think it was something like um, that Marvel would help produce some Sony movies, I think. I think well, it I was. Mean, technically, technically, it was like, uh, technically, they are Sony movies and Marvel just like. The, the Spider-Man in the, the Spider-Man films are Sony mm-hmm. pictures uh, produced in yes, association with Marvel Entertainment. Um, and, and I believe Sony gets all of it from those films and Marvel actually does have to help produce the, uh, I don't think, I don't think Marvel gets any money from the, from the Spider-Man movies. Marvel gets money from, gets all the money from the movies that Spider-Man appears in outside of Spider-Man, Sony, Sony Spider-Man films. Uh, Mm -hmm. I believe Sony gets a cut on the back end of those movies. Because yes. it's it's basically a licensing deal for a character that Sony yes. owns, right? Yeah, but that that's also goes into like how these types of things like there's cross promotion, right? And you see this uh, specifically uh, all the time. I, I think this was also right, like after, for example, when um, because I, there was a time in Marvel where X Men comics and Fantastic Four comics kind of slowed down, um, and they and yes. one of the reasons for this is because Marvel wanted to promote the characters that were in the MCU movies yep. during this. Yeah, and they, so, they did some interesting story stuff with the X-Men at that time. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, some would say fucked it up royally. 
Um, yes. <laughs> and then they they also did during that time. They had the superior Spider-Man. Peter Parker was right. not in Spider-Man comics for a lot of time there um, because they had they, they they felt that they could do that. Um, and actually, mm-hmm. superior Spider-Man is not a terrible story, but it's it's fine. Yeah. But the the way that they that they did that then and then after the success of the first X-Men films, this was something that was interesting, too. After the success of the first X-Men films, Marvel, in an attempt to capitalize on new readers brought in by the films, redesigned the Ultimate X-Men and launched the comic, the Ultimate X-Men, to basically ape the style of the movies. Correct. Yep. Because the actual X-Men comics were very, very, very different from the, the film style, and so they aped that and and made Ultimate Marvel's uh, Ultimate Marvel X Men into the film yes. style of thing because they wanted to try yes. and capture readership. I don't think it right. actually worked. I I think that might have been the thing that taught Marvel that people who watch the movies don't don't go read the comics after. Um, right, because they don't they don't do that. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I think the, the only I think the ultimate on, like the the one of the only ultimate storylines from Marvel that was actually kind of successful was Ultimate Spider Man. Uh, ultimate Spider-Man. And then uh, yes. the other Ultimate ones weren't that popular from what I understand. Uh, they um, were not. Ultimate Fantastic Four had some fans. Um, that, oh, yes, that, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, because, well, that's one of the, because one of the things they did with that is they made Reed Richards kind of a villain. Um, right. Yes. And that was, that was an interesting twist <clears throat> that they did with the Ultimate right. Universe Fantastic Four. But they, yeah. they did that. They, the Ultimate Spider-Man uh, got fans because it was a new Spider-Man. It was when they right. when they wrote Peter out of Ultimate Spider-Man and replaced him with Miles Morales. Yeah. People love Miles Morales. People oh, yeah. like Miles Morales is a great character. If you read that, yeah. everybody everybody gets all in a tizzy about like replacing Peter Parker with the but it was Ultimate Universe. You could still get your Peter Parker in the mainline comic, and then right. you could go get this new guy Miles Morales who's super cool. Um, and he's and, a likable uh, character. Spider Verse is one of Sony one of Sony's uh, most. Uh, profitable movie like spider-man uh, oh movies. yeah so it's like yeah yeah uh, because it, i mean into the spider outside of being a great movie with with groundbreaking yeah. visual techniques which it is um yeah. they outside of all that they they did a really good job with the characterization of miles morales miles morales is a character that yeah. sells and and right i, I think it's because it's no shock that after that movie or maybe in correspondence with that movie uh the the spider-man game also featured spider-man miles morales came out not long after that that's right yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, that's 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 how this shit works yeah and it's a it's a it's a and just like that i i i i don't understand the outlook that some people have and i don't even know if it's a kind of person i think it's just people generally who who kind of don't see that you know and even if it's a little mm-hmm. even if it even in its most uh even in its most uh sort of um uh not malicious but 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 more uh scary almost kind of forms where it's like hey here's some fish facts here's some fish mm-hmm. facts not branded they're not disney branded fish fra- fish facts they're not even finding Nemo branded fish facts these are just fish facts that right. were shown to kids Six months out ahead of the release of Finding Nemo, because mm-hmm. we we are going to program kids to be autistic about fish, so they'll go see our stupid yeah. fish movie. And it's like, and that that is to like a surprise to people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, that's how this works. That's how this functions. 
And governments do right. the same goddamn thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Governments do the same thing. If you look at the, I mean, this is the kind of thing that this is, it's the same thing as the FBI terror factory. Um, if you watch Trevor Aronson's TED talk about uh, how the FBI creates terrorists, um, the, he, he describes the, the terrorists that are, that are uh, apprehended by the FBI were all told to do what they were doing by the FBI. Right. And there was, there, there was a time where you could set a clock by when a terror attack would happen or would be foiled by the FBI. It was every mm-hmm. six weeks when budgets were being considered. <laughs> yeah. Every six weeks, the FBI would foil a terrorist attack. Yeah. It was called the six-week cycle. And you could set a clock by it. It was, it, it was in that sixth week, there would be a terror mm-hmm. attack. And there were, it got to the point where it's like people were on the lookout for it. It got to the point where it was like, <laughs> oh, it's been six weeks since the last one. What's, what's the next one going to be? Right, yeah. Like it, it, and and, that's, and it, it, it functions the exact same way. And it, the FBI was doing that to protect their budget so they could prove that they were still working. Um, it, was a, it, was a, it was a method of protecting their budget, and it was a method by which they could continue to justify the FISA courts and their uh, extreme, their destruction of the Fourth Amendment. Mm-hmm. Because terror is still a threat. Granted, we're making it, but it's still a threat. Right. And there's, there's a, it's, a, it's, this, it's this kind of thing where, again, people, it, it, people see that the same way they see Disney showing fish facts. Where it's just like, that's a right. conspiracy theory. It's, no, it's it's how it works. <laughs> right. It's like, not only is this how it works, but it's like incentive wise, it's obviously how like how it maybe should's the wrong word, but it's like how it should go given the incentive. It's how it's set up to work. Right. All all of the incentive structures have aligned to make this the most reasonable solution. Right. And there's I no mean, it's no shock that companies working together can create profit for both of them that would not have existed had they not worked together. This is why yeah, companies often exactly. go into contracts and deals with other companies. It's not, it's not some gr- like it's a conspiracy in, in general sense, but it's not some grand conspiracy of, you know, like it's not malicious in, in my view. Right. It's, uh, it's, it's like not... they want your money. They want your money and, you know, they don't care about you. Uh, right. That's a given, but it's not like, Oh, we're going to, you know, uh, take over the world or some shit like that. I think it's a, I think it's a fine balance to have where the reaction to every time Disney has a first gay in every single property uh-huh. they announce, um, it's the first gay something, uh, for everybody kind of rolls their eyes and it's like, ugh, of course, of course it is. Of course, this is your first gay something or other. If you remember the the Chinese version of the, do you remember the the? I think it was a there was a lesbian kiss, I think, in a uh, in in a Star Wars picture, and yes. uh, it was in which one was it in? Do you remember? Was it in? Uh, it was in yeah, it was in Rise of Skywalker. Right. Don't get me started on that movie. I will spurg out. It's the worst. But they uh, <laughs> they covered that with a weird alien creature in the Chinese market in China. Yeah. And that weird alien creature has been has been memed into history now. Yeah, (laughs) 
It's just that that weird yeah. alien character is the mascot for right. pandery bullshit gay characters. Right. It's like my my thing for it is like it's just so cynical. Do you know what I mean? It's like obviously they don't give a shit about this at all. Like I I would respect them more if they were actually true believers. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, uh, if you if they were honest, they're just cynical. Because they're just cynical bastards about it. They're like, yeah, we're just doing this because we want your money. Which your corporation, you know, fine, whatever. But it's like, don't try to act like you're a true believer and you actually give a shit when you don't. Yeah, I mean, it's the it's the constant sort of refrain uh, when all of the companies change their profile pictures on Twitter to rainbow shit for pride. Not the Saudi Except Arabia, the Saudi Arabian one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody goes through and screenshots it and and yeah. puts them side by side and it's like this is this is who they are this is what they are and it's it's true and i think it's i think it's good that people generally don't um respect these corporations but the problem is uh-huh. just like that no one's immune for propaganda and when you start seeing a bunch of stories from abc about copyright and it just so happens that that year is the vote for the copyright extension uh it's it's you're being played yeah and it's and i think it does get malicious at a certain point because at a certain point you're just manipulating people into supporting things legislatively that are um that are serve no one's interest but the companies right oh sure yeah when it gets into like trying to lobby for things or or uh do that i definitely agree that crosses into like straight out malicious behavior right it's a, it's a, it's a, and, and the, the idea that just be, I guess I wanted to bring it up initially just to be, like, be aware that you're, you're manipulated by media yes. all the time. Yes. Like the, the media manip- manipulates you into doing things that you wouldn't otherwise do. Um, right. it's the basis of advertising. It's what it's meant to do. Right. That yeah, it's, it's purpose. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But even then, it can get just like that. It can get into stuff that is otherwise like. I mean, they have they have focus groups where they test all the all these different like um, advertisements and all these different uh, like uh, products or like how they're presented, and they pull these uh, focus groups beforehand to see how they react to them. Oh uh, yeah, and they do this. They have their own internal focus groups where they will do this. Their own like. Um, uh, kind of like a uh, branch that are dedicated to these focus groups just to test this before it hits mass audiences. Absolutely. There's a, there's an excellent kind of video about that uh, from Aiden Paladin um, who made a video about PSAs and whether or not mm-hmm. PSAs work and what kind of media can affect people's behavior. And that, that, that PSA, that video about PSAs that Aiden Paladin did is, is, awesome for that because it, it kind it basically just lays out like this is how you can be manipulated by media and it's talking about it's on the basis of the uh all the tiktok bullshit that was happening during covid where it's like all these people posting stupid music videos about how uh <clears throat> i believe there was a one tiktok that was a parody of the barbie girl song by aqua <laughs> except it was i'm a pfizer girl Oh yes, yeah. I saw it's a that. fucking commercial for Pfizer. Yeah, it's not even about like it's not even nameless vaccine, right? It was mm-hmm. Pfizer, the company, 
And like people who got, I mean, people got so, people got so pulled into shit like that. People got Pfizer tattoos. Yeah. Those people are just deranged psychopaths. Yes. Like, those, like they're just an unstable person. So why would you, you got tattooed with the logo of a giant pharmaceutical company. Are you crazy? Yes. Yes. You're crazy. You must no, be. I'm going to go, you know, I, I, because I saw this really cool ad on TV uh, I'm going to go get tattooed with like a string of numbers and maybe a barcode on my arm. <laughs> <laughs> I got, the, I got a tattoo of the barcode of a can of chef boy RD. Yeah. It's fucking insanity. I don't, I don't get it. Actually, that would be yeah. a funny tattoo. <laughs> That's actually really not a actually bad joke would. tattoo. Yeah. Cause yeah. it doesn't say, it doesn't say fucking chef boy RD on it. <laughs> right. But it's, I, I don't, it's, it's the kind of thing where it's like, usually people do that kind of thing for like a contest or for a joke or for a sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Like people, I know there's a guy who got a, uh, one of the guys from Donut Media, James, got a, uh, a uh, Dodge tattoo mm-hmm. that was uh, the, just the Dodge logo on his ribs. And he did it because it was part of like a wild sponsorship idea they had and they got money from it. And also this, it's like that. Okay. Makes sense. This is like a crazy sponsorship for a muscle car company and you got money fine, but somebody just got a vaccine and decided that they're now Pfizer. Like that's their team is Pfizer. Mm-hmm. That's what they believe in. Right. I'm it it blows me away. Yeah. But it's a, it's a it's if you're a, getting if you're getting branded by uh, a corporation, please don't. Just yeah, uh, just think don't. about this for a second. Just don't. Don't like yeah, as you said, if you're doing it for a joke, that's kind of funny. But if you if I see a person who has a tattoo of Raytheon on them, like unironically, I'm going to throw up. It's, it is, <laughs> you could see it depending on how things went. Uh, if, yeah. uh, you could totally see that shit. Yeah. That would be absolutely possible. I mean, you just saw the, uh, this kind of actually, there's a funny thing of, of being a corporate shell, uh, and also an idiot. Did you see the Alyssa Milano tweet? Oh God. Yes. Why don't, yeah. Why don't you uh, talk about that? So this, uh, this, set it up. this dumb idiot decided (laughs) she posted on Twitter that she returned her Tesla for which she was very thankful. If you go back and look at her old tweet, when she first got her Tesla, she was very thankful to Mr. Elon Musk, but she returned her Tesla and got a Volkswagen EV. Well, wait, why did she, why did she return her Tesla though? Uh, Dean for like ethical reasons, because Elon Musk is a bad man. Oh, Right, so because the person who made the car she views as a bad person, she doesn't want to support the brand. Right, so she bought and the what, car uh, what from a company. Did she get a Volkswagen. Oh, yes, uh, the the company oh. that was founded by Nazis. She decided <laughs> was was more ethically as a greater ethical stand than a Tesla. She could have just said she got a Subaru and it'd been fine. Yeah, like, exactly. Any could've... other car, any other company. <laughs> Any other company she could have said. A lot of companies out there making EVs now. Yeah. Didn't have to be a VW. And here's the other thing about it, too. 
I know she's stupid. Because even if you don't want to be like, well, the Nazi origins of Volkswagen isn't really a concern, you know, it's been a long time. Fine, <laughs> fine. Just a few years ago, they were caught cheating on emissions tests. <laughs> like, they had, they had uh, their ECUs were programmed such that when they were being emissions tested, they wouldn't emit. <laughs> like, the, the actual car itself was programmed to cheat on emissions tests. You're Alyssa Milano, right? Like, this is a... Global warming's like a concern of yours. <laughs> and you purchased uh, a Volkswagen. Again, yeah. even if you don't care about the Nazi origins, they were literally just... They had to pay millions of dollars in fines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they were cheating on emission standards. So it's like you don't even it's not even necessarily that you don't know about the Nazi origins of Volkswagen. And that's funny in and of itself is that you don't even pay attention to the news. You don't even pay attention to this shit yeah. when it comes around, because that wasn't very long ago. It, it just yeah. it, it blows my mind. It's one of the funniest things on the planet. But that's the kind of bullshit corporate chilling people are doing. Right. Alyssa Milano. I just bought a I just turned in my Tesla and bought a Volkswagen because the guy that started the company is a bad guy. Okay, uh. want to talk about who started Volkswagen? <laughs> His name was Adolf. He's a German guy. Well, he's an Austrian guy. Yeah, yeah. He, had, he held political you office in Germany for a while. Yeah, you may not have heard of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it, 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 any other company, any other company you could have gone with to make your point. Uh, yeah oh she's oh, so yeah, stupid that, i i saw when you quote tweeted that the other day and it was like oh my god that's that's incredible any other company i just but that's yeah. the thing that's that's how that's how dumb people are i guess is they yeah. they, they go in for that kind of shit they get pfizer tattoos and talk about how how right. ethically upstanding volkswagen is <laughs> yeah i also it's really disappointing to me too like i know like it's not fair to like call all these people leftists, but I think one of the things I admired most about leftists was that they under, uh, at least some of them understood that corporations just wanted to sell you shit and not to fall into this whole, like, Oh, they actually care about you type shit. Right. right. You know what I mean? So this whole like turn I've seen from people on the left where it's like, Oh yeah, you know, I'm going to go. And again, I, I would say these people are more like liberals, like progressive. Yes. Like, it's uh, very much shit. the prog kind of. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, where they're just like, Oh yeah. You know, I'm, you know, being an upstanding good citizen because I'm supporting this uh, multinational corporation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, I am not going to talk about how poorly written Ryan Johnson's star Wars movie was. They obviously just shot a first fucking draft. I'm not going to talk about that because I like the fact that a girl was in it. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> a, a girl was in it and she was in a position of authority. Right. And she had purple hair, just like me. And then the and then on the flip side of that, you'll have conservatives completely ignoring the problems and just saying, oh, I didn't like that there was a girl. Yeah, there was a girl purple with purple hair, just like that cut yes. over there. It's like, shut you fucking, that's not the problem with the movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't stand, like, discourse anymore with in regards to media. It's, it's so, so bad. bad. It's the sides. worst. It's so bad. I just can't handle it. 
<laughs> it had a purple-haired woman in it, and she looks like that bitch over there I don't like who cried when Trump got yeah. elected. And so now I'm right, gonna exactly. now I'm gonna say so the movie's then, bad because of that. Yeah, right. <laughs> now what made the movie bad? Yeah. What yeah, made the exactly. movie bad is that there's a there's fuel is a subplot in a Star Wars movie for the first time ever. Uh. <laughs> you know, I, I, I was trying to because uh, I think, uh, uh, yeah, Rollo, uh, Rollo McFlugel on, on Twitter, because uh, there was a, uh, a tweet that John Fetterman's wife or whatever was an illegal immigrant. Oh, no. Oh, and, and that was what a bunch of conservatives were talking about. And I was like, conservatives are like the people at the magic show always looking at the wrong hand. Uh, you know what I mean? Like they're the ones who are so sure that they have the trick figured out, and they're always looking at the wrong hand every time. And it's like, uh, see, he moved it they, under the other cup. It's like, no, you, you, yeah. it's in his lap. You fucking yeah. retard. Like they're always the people who point out the most innocuous shit and make the biggest deal out of the things that don't fucking matter every time. Like it, it's. <laughs> He put, he oh, put a, that you put a, it's, it's exactly that. They're, they're always yeah. wrong about the trick. That is the perfect yes. way to put it. That is the perfect way to put it. He coated his mouth in Vaseline and that's how he keeps the match yeah. in there, keeping it lit. No, no, no. He's just inhaling. Right. He's just inhaling. And it, right. And it, it keeps the heat yeah. off of the roof of the mouth. If you just slowly inhale, we <laughs> have a lit match in your mouth. You yeah. can do that. It's just, you're, yeah. it's nothing to do with Vaseline. There's no petroleum products in his mouth. You idiot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're always focusing on the wrong part of the thing that's bad every time. Oh my god! <laughs> John Fetterman's wife was an illegal immigrant. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I guess I'm glad she didn't get yeah, arrested okay. and caught. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And she went back to whatever hellhole she was escaping. I'm. I'm. Right. I'm glad that didn't happen to her. I don't understand the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So silly. Ugh. John Fetterman, what a fucking... How do you think... How do you... First of all, how do you, as a, as a reality television doctor, mm-hmm. how do you not have the credibility to be a literal lump of a man? I, I think that... Okay, so it is so funny to me because I, before, I think like the day before, a couple days before the election... Uh, when we did the show, we were like, I really hope Fetterman wins. And I'm so happy that he did just because it's oh, hilarious yeah. to it's me. It's the funniest the same outcome. Way that I, I think Trump beating Hillary was hilarious, like actually hilarious. Like a cartoon character beat you in an election. How does that make <laughs> you feel? Uh, and the fact that like the more insane it gets, the more hilarious it gets. Uh, and also my fit. So I don't think we talked about this on the show because like right after the election, we had two back to back guests on, but like my, yeah, my well, I don't think we talked about the outcome of, ever. Yeah. My favorite part of every election season are the people bitching and complaining about the libertarians stealing oh, yeah. their votes. Oh, it yeah. is like, I get a contact high off of that shit. It like makes that me... is, I, I am so through the moon. And I always uh, forget how much I love time. it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> I always forget between election cycles. I always forget how much I love that just anger that 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 yeah. deep seated ass hurt. Yes, yeah. I, I always forget how glorious it is, and then it comes back around, and it's like, oh, you people are. D- 
dummies. That's why I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not for one. Most of like most of these people can't even count because even if you wanted to say every single vote would have gone to your candidate, it still wouldn't have added yeah, up you to still the lose. in most scenarios. Yeah, yeah, you still lose. You're still so, like, they can't even they they can't even do math. Uh, and, and also uh, this idea that, you know, well, uh, uh, my if you don't vote for my candidate, then you're voting for the other candidate. But uh, the other side believes that, too. So if we don't vote, we're voting for both candidates, really. Necessarily. Or if we vote for a third party, we're voting for both. Necessarily. So, every, yeah. so people should be satisfied then by that. Uh, but the, but they, think, they think they're going to get every single libertarian vote's going to go for a Republican, which is insane. Right. As if those libertarians are not just going to stay home if the, if the libertarian is right. on the ballot. Right, right, right. Like or, if, or even go Democrat. I mean, there's a lot of places, like, there, there's right. a lot of places with yeah. libertarians running uh, very progressive people. Uh, Chase Oliver uh, in Georgia. Exactly. Uh, are you going to tell me uh, that he pulled from Republicans more than Democrats? No, no. fucking way. Not walking around no. with that with that pride Gadsden. That wasn't going to fucking happen. Right. Yeah. Like, like uh, these people are so... Uh, unserious and the fact that also it also strikes me as very funny that a lot of these people uh pride themselves on being machiavellians or uh, uh oh, walking yeah. in yeah, machiavellian yeah, yeah. footsteps which is that the only thing that matters is to win and that's all and the, the problem with libertarians is that they just don't win and then libertarians are so insignificant that a party that gets less than five percent of the vote uh generally uh caused your loss it's that's not true but It'd be hilarious if it was because the fact that you're bitching and complaining about such an insignificant, tiny, tiny, tiny minority party caused you to lose. You, the big winners, the big, you know, I uh, am. I I only care about power and achieving they power. Act like, yeah, you lost they to act, the most insignificant party in America. They act uh, like it would have been party. a fucking landslide if the libertarians voted for their guy, and it's like you know, right? Your right. guy and barely if you're truly lost. If you're truly a Machiavellian, then you can't complain about losing. You just have to do better next time, right? Right. Like, like uh, you can't complain. Oh, I lost because of of them over there. No, you, know what the you Machiavellian... lost because your candidates were shit. The Machiavellian answer is the answer libertarians have to that, which is get better fucking candidates. Right. Exactly. That's the Machiavellian that the outlook. Ma yes. Yes, but all these people who are like uh, so like uh, devout followers of uh, a Machiavellian type of worldview. Um, that you see on some of like the newer right, uh, these people are bitching and complaining that the 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 Libertarian Party, who they made fun of uh, for years, and I, I'm not saying they're wrong for making fun of it, but it, uh, libertarian, caused, the Libertarian Party proper is a joke. <laughs> yes, like that's... Yeah. and I'm not like I'm not an LP person. I I'm not registered no, as Libertarian. I've never I, I've never voted, and I don't think I would ever vote uh, in most cases. And I, I so I have, I'm not connect, affiliated with the Libertarian Party whatsoever, but I'm never pro I'm never more pro Libertarian Party than after an election. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, eat, eat shit. If, so if, nice. if you truly believe that uh, we caused you to lose or caused you to lose, I'm glad. I am glad we caused you to lose. Oh, yeah. Because your candidate should have been better. And yeah. truthfully, from just a practical perspective, right? If libertarians are the spoilers that the uh, Republicans think we are, then that's a good strategy, really. If you're if you're a libertarian, then you can use that as a wedge tool to say, look, uh, we will drop out only if you uh, give us these policy proposals, and right. if you do not, we will spoil it. We are going to spoil. We're going it for to spoil you. every election moving forward yes. until you give us what we want. Yes, and I think that is actually a good strategy. That, that is, it is a great strategy politically, and it's the more Machiavellian strategy. Yes, 
Of the of all of these things, that is the Machiavellian strategy. Yeah, because like if you can't win, you might as well uh, threaten to make someone else lose until they compromise with you. Right. From a purely Machiavellian perspective, that makes the most sense to me. Yeah. Uh, and so all these people complaining, uh, and again, the math doesn't even add up. So these people are just wrong. Yeah, the they're repairing part yeah. do not cause spoilers. They're incorrect. Like the only on one you can say, the only thing you can possibly say is that uh, perhaps in Georgia with, uh, uh, is his name Chase Oliver? Am I getting that right? I, I believe, I I believe that's correct. Yeah. So um, again, he did not, uh, there's no way he pulled from Republic, yeah, Chase Oliver. So he, there's no way he pulled from Republicans. So the Republicans saying, oh, he's the reason uh, uh, Walker lost. That's why. I would lost. imagine he like, pushed no, no, libertarians to vote Republican because he's such a prog. And super annoying oh, about dude, it. That's, that's <laughs> also, and that is, and, and you know, that is also a thing. A lot of, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of libertarians in Georgia probably voted Republican because they did not like his social views, which I think is insane. But you know, I, I, I bet that happened. Yeah, sure. It, it, so it, it's, 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 it's stupid. It's dumb. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the dumbest thing. This 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 idea. First, you're right. The the math never really does add up. Even if it did, even if you took all the libertarian votes and gave them to the yeah. Republican the, and the Republican did win, you are presupposing that all of those votes would have gone to the Republican in the first place it, without right. a libertarian on the ticket, which is not exactly. going to happen. Like, that's just not the way it works. It, exactly. It's also it's also funny to me that um, these people have such a sense of entitlement that it's like, well, no, the vote, my your vote is owed to these people. You owe your vote to the Republican because that, that's the only way you can really say that a vote is being stolen, right? If you use the terminology that a vote is being stolen, that must imply that you believe the vote is owed to your candidate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's, the same, it's the same mental sort of process as, like, uh, right. as people who would sell their vote to the union or, or for whom the, right. the union would tell them who to vote for. If you were a member of a union, uh, this was especially prevalent in—, in uh, in uh, heavily unionized states, and especially in like Chicago, um, right. the union told you who to vote for. Right. And so, if you were, if if you, if you voted for somebody else, you stole that vote from the union. The union right. was owed that vote. It's the same thinking, just on the Republican side, yeah. where it's, also, it's you owe us this vote because you, uh, you're part of our union in the culture war, basically. Yeah, and also, why do they only apply this to libertarians? Why not say the Democrats are owe votes to the Republicans, right? But it's just absurd, obviously, when you stretch yeah, it out because that it's obviously nuts. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I look. I'm not. I'm not a fan of democracy, but like the idea that uh, ostensibly democracy is yeah, vote who you want to vote for, right? That's that's ostensibly uh, whoever best aligns with your values is that that's who you should vote for. The other thing too, I've long contended as well. And I think it's true that, that uh, Americans don't vote for things. They vote against things. Americans, Americans vote against stuff. And so if you, if you have a third party, yes, if you have a third party that is, that is pulling votes or, or in your head, they're pulling votes. You imagine they're pulling votes. That means they're voting against your guy. They're voting right. against the other guy and they're voting against yeah. your guy. They didn't like you. It'd be like, yeah, it'd be like, you know, if someone if someone says uh, if there's two companies competing, right, and one company is just better at producing the same or giving the product or service than the other company 
and all the customers from company one who's doing a bad job go to company two. It's not a thing to say they stole my customers. Right. It's like, no, you're underperforming because you're doing a shit job of what they want you to do. That's why you're losing customers. They're not being stolen uh, from you. (laughs) It's preposterous. Exactly. They don't, they don't. I think it's especially true in, in politics because just like that, Americans uh-huh. vote against stuff. Yeah. And if somebody voted for Chase Oliver rather than a Democrat or a Republican, they were voting against both. Right. They were exactly. voting against Democrats and against Republicans. Yeah. Those people didn't want you to win. Right. So, they, so the idea that they would have gone to the polls for you is entitlement, the likes of which is it's denial of reality. I also want to uh, bring up something, too, because the, the, the common example people will give is that, well, it, it's obvious that you should vote for the lesser evil in the scenario where two, you have two evils, you should vote for the lesser of evil, right? This is the argument people always propose. Sure. Um, right? So they'll say that when you have one authoritarian um, and then uh, and a, a lesser authoritarian, you should vote for the lesser authoritarian because on a, it's like a utilitarian calculation, right? Right. You, you're going to get more liberty. But the problem with that perspective, and this is a, a problem I think a lot of libertarians like might ignore who are making this argument, because some libertarians will make this argument too, where um, it's not necessarily obvious which one is necessarily more pro-liberty. Now, it's true that one candidate might be more pro-liberty than another candidate in one area, but that doesn't mean that the other candidate is not more pro-liberty in areas where the uh, your candidate is. Well, it's the same right? kind of logic so, that that very person yeah. would not buy. If you said that, well, the government cut the budget for the FBI when what they did is they decreased the increase, right? The budget was set to increase the next year and they decreased the amount by which it was going to increase the next year. Nobody believes, and especially somebody who would make the very argument you're describing, (laughs) nobody believes that that's actually a budget cut. It's not a budget cut. It's an increase. It's just a slightly less increase than it was going to be. If what you're you're saying is you have to vote for the least authoritarian, what you're saying is I'm going to vote for an authoritarian who's slightly less authoritarian than the other authoritarian. And that's that's not less authoritarian. That's not more freedom. That's less freedom, but slower. Right. State agents don't pay taxes. They just pay some of it back to the thieves. Exactly. They give a cut to the or the thieving organization. Uh, It it also so is right. So for take, for example, right. Um. In like a libertarian theory, like each person might have a certain like as as individuals, right? Not as libertarians, but just as individuals, we might have personal inclinations uh, towards certain um, liberties that we value higher than other liberties, right? Sure. As people, but from a libertarian perspective, libertarianism is not saying that one liberty is more valuable than another, right? One rights violation is still a rights violation, even you if may, we view yes. it, even if we as people view it as more important. Uh, from a strict theory perspective, uh, the liberty of rights violation is still a rights violation. It's you may, not you may personally so. value one thing more than the other, but yes. the idea that, that philosophically, if, if you're if you're being consistent and philosophically, it's all the same. There, there's no right. there's no it's, one thing's worse than another. Right. It's raw. Yeah. So um, like you can say it's worse than the other in a from a nut from a different perspective. Like you can say, well, yeah. from maybe a consequentialist perspective or a more utilitarian sure. perspective. You can find some way sure, to you can absolutely do that. Yeah. But um, if, for example, if we have two uh, authoritarians, right, and one and a, a libertarian is making case that this person is less authoritarian than the other, oftentimes what I find is that they're just saying that this candidate is prioritizing 
the liberty that I value more. That yeah. is what that means when they say that. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they're less authoritarian. Exactly. For example, um, if you if you're a person who like you just care about taxes, you're a libertarian, but your primary thing is taxes, taxes, taxes. Um, you might think that a Republican who wants to go to war in Iraq but cut taxes is more libertarian than versus the Democrat who wants to raise taxes and not go to war. Um, if you're if you're only a libertarian who in your primary motivation is taxation, then you're going to vote want to vote for the Republican in that case. But that yes. doesn't mean that the Republican is less authoritarian. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, you have I mean, because a Democrat. If you're a libertarian who cares about war over taxes, then your vote would go to the Democrat in that scenario in the in between the two. Sure. So it's not exact. So when, when they're saying that the one is less a lesser evil than the other, this is not necessarily clear. This is based upon what people's personal evaluation. Oh, yes. Of a lesser is. evil based upon what you value. I made when this argument. You, that's right. I made this argument to a guy uh, and, and, and he was making that, that exact argument. And I responded with, uh, yeah, but I'm, I am uh, one of the most important issues to me personally is defendants rights. And Republicans right, exactly. are notoriously horrible on defendants' rights. Exactly. Um, I mean, it's it's so, they're very it really pro-law. This idea it really destroys this idea that Republicans are more natural allies than libertarians. I've always rejected this. I, I, I in general, like, sure, you can find Republicans that will, on average, might give us more, like, more lip service to certain libertarian things that we like. Sure. But oftentimes the bad things are so bad to us uh, that the Republicans do that it's like I could not ever consider voting for this person. Sure. I mean, um, that's, the, that's part of the problem. Like, uh, for example, some of the there's a uh, 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 actually my girlfriend very recently was faced with a very similar uh, thing to what we're describing. She's uh, personally a very progressive person uh, and 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 tended tends tended. I don't know. Things are changing now, but she she has voted Democrat in the past. And sure. in this most recent election, especially locally, uh, I'm sorry, I got the hiccups and I don't know where from. Uh, in this most recent election, especially uh, especially locally, uh, she ended up voting on uh, particular judges and things like that based upon what she knows of those judges and how they do their job. Turns out a lot of these progressive judges and stuff aren't uh, as friendly to defendants rights as they as they claim to be or should be. Right. And uh, and and it turns out especially that Kim Og is not uh, not the progressive she pretends to be, at least <laughs> on the issue of defendants rights and things like that. So so the, the she she voted based upon what she knew of the, of the individual person. And frankly, it was about right. getting some of these people off the bench. But that's the yeah. but the, that's that's what people are faced with in an election, especially if you're very aware of who you're voting for, like a lawyer right. in, a, in a town where you're voting for your judges. You know what I mean? Um, right. That that kind of thing. I, I, it, it's th this notion that there are any natural allies to anyone based on any idea right. is uh, is is honestly it's low information. Because all that because, means like, is yeah. you don't know enough about that person to hate them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I think that's absolutely correct. Uh, it's like, again, going back to what we were saying, like, if you, it's fine to say that I like this person because he values liberty that I value as a person more than other liberty. OK, fine. Um, but don't say that they are objectively a lesser evil. You should. I, I don't I don't think that's a correct statement necessarily, because 
uh, what you the libertarian or the liberty that you prioritize is not necessarily the liberty that someone else might prioritize. Right. Right. Uh, so like is you're saying like maybe uh, maybe there's a, uh, a candidate who you like and he's very good on, um, on things like guns, for example. And that's good. That's great. Um, but uh, the other candidate or but but the candidate who's good on guns also wants to make an exception and take away guns from like, let's say, gay or trans people or people the state might view as like at one time in history might view as like mentally ill or something like that. Right. right? Uh, and if you're a gay person or uh, queer in, in any sense, uh, that's a big no, no. Uh, you don't want to vote for that person. Right. Uh, so so was, the idea and, of like this, uh, there is an obvious lesser evil here and we can all see the lesser evil. Um, and that's why we should vote a Republican. I, I don't buy that argument at all. I do. I reject it outright. It's it's because it's wrong. It's 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 yeah. low, it's it is low information because it's one of those uh -huh. things where it's like it's just like that. If I care more about defendants' rights, if I, if one of the things that I care about the most is defendants' rights, I cannot, in good conscience, vote for a Republican. Not at least in a general right. sense. Uh, there, if, there, yeah. if there's a particular Republican that's great on defendants' rights, maybe. But here's the other th problem with that too: there's a good chance that Republican sucks on something else that I care about. Yeah, and so I'm not, this and I'm idea not the is that, just ugh. Yeah, and I'm not making the argument that therefore we should vote for Democrats instead. That's not the argument I'm making. No, I'm saying that um, there are good reasons why you should there. Um, uh, there is not a clear example as to why you should vote for one candidate uh, over the other that everyone can agree on. That is not the case. Yeah, um, not at all. Even then, all. it's like just like that. Uh, if someone's if your 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 instinct to point that out is absolutely correct, the idea then being, well, if you care so much about defendants' rights, vote for Democrats. Well, but the problem is that, that I care about guns a lot, right? And so, right, I can't vote for a Democrat because I really really care about guns, and they really want to take guns away. So I'm not gonna do that either. Uh, and then right. I also can't vote for a Republican or a Democrat because I care a lot about guns and defendants' rights and defendants' rights to own guns. So right. the, <laughs> I can't like both of those people are uh, not an option for me at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, exactly. is the, this is the kind of thing. This is why it's low information. If you think that somebody is less authoritarian on something that you care about, where is the nexus between the thing that you care about and where that person is authoritarian? Because there is one, I promise you. Right. Yeah. One of those nexus, I, I think one of those do, does exist. Right. Because I think somehow for some like, look, I personally in, in my value, like I'm, I'm not saying that it's wrong to have that value structure about like liberty that you personally care about. I sure. personally care about most uh, war and uh, I, I think drug policy is up there, too, and guns. Uh, yeah. I, and also like uh, how I do genuinely care about like how minorities are treated, because I think oftentimes you see uh, with states when they'll give lip service to very like to demonize marginalized groups, oftentimes the, what that is, is that um, uh, that is often excuse used to violate their rights in the future. Than when oh, absolutely. I mean, this is something that you hear about a lot. This is it's not a very far leap for for let's say the Democrats get everything they want in the way of red flag laws and then Republicans uh -huh. uh, end up getting power. And now uh, let's say right. you're gay or trans or whatever. Uh, that's now on the red flag list because it's a mental disorder. Exactly. Exactly. That's what they'll say. They'll say, well, this is a mental disorder and these people could be dangerous or the, they could use whatever bullshit justification they want to. And now this is going to be used as an excuse to yeah. violate their rights. Because you so decided I, to I, vote because, because you yeah. decided to vote one way or the other based on your very, very high time preference thinking 
because you couldn't see two or four years down the road when your people weren't in charge anymore. You couldn't see how that was going to go. Yeah. So my argument, I'm not actually even making an argument where I'm begrudging people for voting for a Republican or a Democrat, but people need to stop saying that there is this one objectively correct answer where this person is obviously less authoritarian um, than another. Now, it's true that one could be more deadly than another. It's true that, you know, we could say that uh, one is one's going to kill more people. Uh, that That's true. But also that doesn't necessarily, uh, for example, morality is not necessarily a numbers game right so even if you think that this so let's say we have two candidates where one candidate is going to murder more people um but you are a part of a demographic where the second candidate is going to murder you they're just gonna he's just gonna kill less of you than the other or, right. or sorry, the one candidate's gonna kill people in general like at random let's say and the second candidate's going to target a specific demographic the second if you're a part of that specific demographic you might want to vote for the person who might kill more people at random because maybe you'll think that that'll yeah, be more you might come in under the wire than the person who is going to target your demographic. Um, so uh, even if you say that, well, the first candidate's going to kill more people, that doesn't necessarily give people a reason to vote for that candidate or to not vote for that candidate uh, just because he's going to kill more people. That was another, um, that was another interesting argument that, that uh, I know we both come across is this idea that you present yeah. this idea to somebody where it's just like, if you've got one candidate that's going to kill 50 people and one candidate is going to kill 49 people, yeah. um, <clears throat> uh, people will legitimately argue that, no, I'm voting for the guy who's going to kill 49. Right. And it's uh, like, well, yeah. why, why would you ever do that? Right. But also, even if you're just looking at this from a purely practical reason, like you don't even care about the ethics involved and you're just looking at it from a self-interested perspective, who the 49 are and who the 50 are are going to come into play. Yeah. Obviously, if you're just looking at it from self-interest, right? Uh, so uh, even if you don't care about the ethical ramifications of putting your vote uh, for a person who's going to kill 49 people, if you just view it from a self-interested perspective, you might rather vote for the person who's going to kill 50 due to self-interest rather than the 49 because it all depends on who is the 49 and who is the 50 from exactly I, I, I bet you i bet it would be uh not hilarious but an interesting experiment to present to um like one of those people where it's just like yeah okay you have a candidate that's going to kill 49 people at random and you have a yeah. candidate that's going to kill 50 gays right and so it's like are you going to tell the gays that they should vote for the person who's going to kill uh, right them? <laughs> Right. Like, are you going to make that argument to them? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well I should say it should be 50 at random and 49 gays. Uh, yeah, 50 yeah, my bad. 49 gays. Yeah, yeah. No, you're, the, you're fine. Yeah. But just like that. And then you also have this consideration as well, which I always find hilarious, uh, is the idea that, yeah, it's, it sounds great until uh, you come to find that your brother or uncle or whatever was killed because he right. was actually on the down low and you didn't know it. Uh, exactly. and it turns exactly. out he was gay and, and yeah, you voted to have him killed. Uh, so yeah. good on you, I guess. Right. That's, that... <laughs> yeah. But Hey, he killed less people, so it's fine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There you like, go. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, even presenting it like, well, who are they killing? It's like, I, I mean, hell I could give you, I mean, unless I'm giving you a list, you don't know. Yeah. Unless I'm right. giving you a list of the explicit people on the hit list on, on the, who are the targets, you don't know who's going to get killed. Could be anybody. Right. Exactly. So again, Even if it's I, I'm based not on like saying, a demographic consideration. Right. Now, I, I personally think there, uh, I would personally say that there are moral problems with voting and not for either of them in that case. But yes, I'm not absolutely. going to begrudge you and say that I think like if you do vote, I, I'm not even my argument here is not to say that 
you, I'm not even making the argument to say that you shouldn't vote. I'm merely making the argument to say that there's no clear example for what is a clear, universally agreed upon lesser evil. Right. That is the point. So when you make the right. lesser evil arguments, you're, you're only appealing to people who already agree with your value hierarchy. And it makes That's people very, doing. very angry. I mean, this is the thing. The, 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 all the people who supported the guy who's going to kill 49 people get very, very angry at the people who voted for the guy who says, I don't want to kill anyone. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> uh, because the guy that's going to kill 50 people won, and the people who, sa- uh-huh. who voted for the guy who says, I'm not going to kill anybody, they're the bad guys. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's twisted. Somehow, yeah. they're the bad guys. Yeah, somehow. Right. I, I often make this claim that, like, I, I, I'm very untrustworthy of people who are, like, pacifists in for their own lives. Like, they personally just have a, uh, uh, they don't want to kill anyone or do any violence to anyone. I'm not a pacifist, but I feel like if you hate the pacifist more than you hate the person who is actually violent and a, an aggressor and a barbarian, there's something wrong. Uh, you're, like, like, whether you agree with pacifism or not. Uh, is kind of a, a side issue. If you hate the pacifist more than you hate the barbarian, I feel like there's something wrong there. Uh, yeah, uh, your 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 ethical <laughs> foundation is fundamentally broken. If if yes. that's if that's where you end up landing, and it's like, look, I have ethical I have ethical problems with pacifism. I truly do. Sure. Um. Uh. I, I think you have an ethical. I think you have an ethical obligation to protect certain people who you've taken whom you've taken that that role that sure. you've taken on that obligation to protect certain people, and pacifism gets in the way of that ethical obligation. I have ethical problems with pacifism. That right. said. I have a greater ethical problem with somebody who violates somebody else's <laughs> rights and puts them in a situation where they have to defend someone. That's the bad guy. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I disagree with the pacifist. I, yeah. I, I, but, but I, I, there's, I a, there's an evil. argument that that is an argument. That's a debate. The guy who chose right. to do the thing to put the pacifist in that situation, that guy's just the bad guy straight up. There's yes. no debate to be had. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And, and if, if that's not the way that it comes down to, like, people who consider, people who do not consider that uh, to be ultimately the, the result of that calculus, there's something fundamentally wrong with the ethical foundations of that person. It, it's just not, they're, they're not, they're not seeing things clearly. Uh, there's right. something wrong with them. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of that going around. But, but it's one of those things that I just can't, I, 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 I don't, I, I can't imagine that kind of brokenness you know what i mean yeah like there's a it's it's i i I can't i can't i can't imagine seeing things in that upside down a way it's it's right it seems almost impossible that anyone could see things that upside down it always just strikes me as victim blaming and that's ultimately i think what it is it's just victim blaming like you're just blaming the person who is just being victimized. Like whether you think they should have made one action or another, that would have been smarter uh, or something. It's like fine. uh, But ultimately you're still shitting on the person who was victimized. Yeah. And it's the same argument. It's the same Rothbardian argument about, um, or rather the, the same Rothbardian argument can be used in response. The, the the argument about democracy and suicide, the idea that like, if you like the, 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 the Jews of, of uh, Germany in 1930, what was it too? Um, or was it 1930? I can't remember when Hitler came to power. But uh, the, they they obviously voted for suicide because um, the the right. whole the whole corpus of the people is is the 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 democratic determiner of of where things go. And so the people who v- voted didn't even necessarily vote for Hitler, but voted 
Right. And Hitler came to power and started killing people. That was suicide. Must it's have been. so interesting to me how like the arguments for democracy, the arguments for the social contract all kind of overlap into this like Vox Populi, Vox Day, like the voice of the people is the voice of God type shit. Exactly. Uh, where it's like uh, um, whatever the, the people want is whatever should happen. Uh, or the majority of whatever the majority of people want is what should happen. And that automatically include like, like if the majority of people want something to happen, uh, that means the minority uh, either. So, now, if you're, if you're someone like Rousseau, you, you might say that <laughs> the majority of what the majority of people want is actually also what the minority of people want, even if they don't want, even if they say they don't want. It. Yes, of course. Uh, which is just an insane stretch of course that's also the, that is like, the, i mean you must follow the general wheel and the general wheel is the general wheel general, it's everybody right and only and and you don't know the, your your own will only someone who the, like the 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 person at the top he has to decipher the general will and then tell you what the general will is right uh, exactly and he has to do it and, uh, it's, you, and, and there's nothing more determinative of what is good and right and the right way to go than uh, people's behavior in groups we know that's yeah. reliable <laughs> yeah it, it's just i i don't know people who try to make these like arguments that it's just like oh well there is obviously one correct candidate you should vote for here in between two bad candidates it's just i i don't buy it at all yeah it's because it's, it's just like that somebody that guy was arguing with me you know, on, on the basis that I that that I he was he was directing it toward me the the basis that I should support voting Republican because they are more like you said natural allies to libertarians and <laughs> and my response was but I care about defendants' rights too much right to do that and he right. at that point he was like well you can vote for that on a local level and it's like local politicians don't control defendants' rights in the federal system <laughs> right. And it's like, well, and he says, uh, I believe his response to that was, well, uh, what's going to affect more people, the, 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 the people in the federal uh, criminal justice system or the people in the local one? It's like, I don't care about the numbers. It's right. not about the numbers. It's about the individuals who are caught up in that system. I mean, right. they're, they're, I, can't, I can't in good conscience vote for their rights being violated. Right. And for that, I believe he called me an idiot or something along those lines. But it's like, I, well, I, I can't. That's that's where I stand, man. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> yeah, and I wonder if like he would. I wonder if he would still consider it like, um, okay, you have a person who's going to kill fifty people at random, right? Um, politics. So he's going to kill more people because he's obviously making fun of you because like he thinks you should uh, support. The, the, the consequentialists, right? The greatest number of people. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few type. Right, shit, right, right. right. Uh, so he, he's, he's criticizing you because you won't go along with that reasoning. But I wonder if he would feel the same if like politician one was going to kill 50 people and then politician two is just going to kill his family. Yeah, his whole family. So right. is he going to vote for the politician who's going? Well, you know, the politician who's going to kill fifty people at random is obviously better. Uh, yeah, it's, like, it's almost like yeah. it's almost like uh, value judgments are subjective, <laughs> right? Because because you know, I mean, his uh, I believe I believe there was somebody who you posited that to that I saw, and and their response was uh, ethically, I should vote for the guy who's going to kill uh, fewer people, but I won't. And it's like, well, then then you're not ethical and I shouldn't be listening to you anyway. Like by your own metric, right. you're not ethical. Right. So it's like, so I don't, I don't, so what, what's the argument then that you're making? I'm a, I am an unethical like, person. Okay, give, okay. Then I'm going to listen to you. That's the problem, right? 
if you're going to say that it's the ethically correct thing to vote for the lesser evil, then you have justified uh, utilitarian consequentialism in some sense. Right, right? but that's Maybe what it is. It's, that's utilitarianism. The... Right, it is. But, right. but that's my thing is, I, that's why I'm so concerned about a libertarians uh, uh, in, like introducing this argument. Because uh, if they if they go along with this argument that it's it's the ethically correct option, and mind you, not all libertarians argue this way. Some libertarians will vote for prag. In a, this is just the pragmatic choice. Fine, whatever. But if you're someone who's vote who's voting and you're trying to convince other people that this is the ethically correct choice to vote for this candidate over another because they're going to harm less people, that it opens up the door then to just being like, oh, so it's just like you know. It's okay. It, it's it's fine to kill uh, 999 people because this other person might kill a thousand. Right. Right. Uh, it's like, okay. But right. at that point, I see how this goes. at that point, it's just a number it, game for you at that point. Exactly. And at that point, it is just well, a decrease in the increase is a cut. Technically, has to be. right because exactly. because because you're still saying you're still saying you're gonna eventually if we if you game it out all the way to the end, people end up loaded up on boxcars. You're saying uh, that uh, if you vote for the less authoritarian person that end just takes slower it happens slow yeah it happens slower so it's like okay (laughs) i don't see how like (laughs) it ultimately just reduces moral reasoning and moral arguments down to numbers games right it's just like a beam counter well that's why i mean Uh, that's why uh, and and i i think i've said well that's vulgar consequentialism is indistinguishable from from uh, sociopathy it's 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 the exact same thing absolutely I mean, even if it's even, I mean, the, the, the difference you're, you are coming to a sociopathic conclusion. The difference is you did math to get there. Right. Good for you, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's absolutely the case where it's like, uh, yeah, as long as more people are going to be harmed in one scenario that then people feel completely fine about harming people uh, in another scenario where they feel like, uh, well, less people will be harmed. But, you know, we can also make this even harder on them where we say that, okay, maybe more people will be harmed, but maybe the, the, um, they'll be harmed to a lesser extent. And maybe the option two where um, less people will be harmed, uh, maybe they'll be harmed uh, to a greater extent. So just because you believe people are going to be harmed, it doesn't mean they're going to be harmed in the same way. So yeah. you can even use their own, you know, kind of like consequentialist reasoning against them. how many utils uh, is an arm worth versus a leg. And right. uh, if or we cut off 50 toe. arms versus 50 yeah. legs, how many utils right. w- is, is each of those worth? And, and so which one of those is the correct choice from a consequentialist perspective? Right. I, and, I, you mean, know, I, 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 I don't think there's any problem in just yeah. saying none of the above are the right ethical choice right they can all be wrong <laughs> yeah right no... and th- at that point you're just in pragmatism right you're just uh, pragmatically using your own self-interest which fine but don't try to couch that in a moral argument right exactly uh, I, I i do not have a problem with that i do not have a problem with people behaving pragmatically in their own interest i i i, I think that's a good thing about human nature that we're supposed to do uh right i, I i'm i'm uh, I've made the argument before, but I think that all of altruism like, is, why, is why couched think, in self-interest. Why, so I think it's good. Right. Well, 
why do gay people vote for Democrats versus Republicans on average? Well, yeah. probably because the the Democrats at least pay lip service to them and Republicans historically hate them. Yeah, uh, that's why uh, it's not you know, right. And so you do. I mean, you have those the odd people. I mean, there was a guy who was working for the Romney campaign. I cannot remember what year. Yeah, but he was uh, he's a gay guy. He was, he was leading the Romney campaign. Yeah. And uh, I believe they ended up firing him once once that all kind of came out. But but he was uh, he was asked uh, in an interview, how could you possibly support uh, this this campaign? These these people hate you. And his response is like, I'm I'm not a single issue voter. There are things I think are very important that the Republicans are right on. And 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 me being gay is is of less concern to me than, you know, fiscal policy or whatever it is. Right. Yes. Like that, like, and, and that's the kind of math that people do. And I have no problem with people doing that kind of math, but it's Absolutely. not, but it's not, it's, it's not, not a, moral from a moral foundation. Yeah. It's not based on a moral foundation that inherently and fine, but as you said, but it's, it's, it don't couch it in a moral argument. Right. It and, doesn't have to be a moral you know, argument. You're allowed to say, look, I understand that this is a, I understand that this is not um, what I would like ultimately, but it's all I can do pragmatically. And to that, I say, okay, fine. I've, <laughs> Let me do I've what you got to do. Encountered, like, a, a lot of the, um, uh, people, and I'm not going to name names, but there were obviously people, uh, attacking Scott Horton recently. Um, oh yeah. And, yeah. 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 That fucking yeah. insanity. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Um, so attacking Scott Horn uh, because, well, you know, you don't like his uh, social policy issues. You don't like it, you know, that he's sort of sympathetic to left wing issues, uh, let's say. Um, but uh, and the, so some people I'm not going to name names here, but some people are calling him the worst libertarian. Oh, like unironically, yeah. the worst libertarian. Um, I, I think if you say that you're fundamentally insane. Oh uh, yeah! If you believe that Scott Horton, of all people, is the worst libertarian. Like, what, I, I don't know how you can. When like, I saw all that going it. down, my immediate reaction was: if you place yourself against Scott Horton in a general sense, I'm not saying you can't disagree with the guy on stuff because yeah, I you can like disagree it. with him on stuff. That's fine. But, yeah, but if yeah. you place yourself against Scott Horton in a general sense, you're the asshole. <laughs> you're the, you're you're the dick in in yeah. that transaction. There's nothing there is a lot of these people. And while I won't name them, they are of the traditionalist type of the by And by that, I mean, the traditionalist, like conservative monarchist type. Those types. Yeah. Not just conservatives or anything like that. The like more trad uh, monarchist types. And um, the, the reasoning that I saw was that, well, he supports issues that destabilize society. And they're obviously talking about like, uh, people who are sympathetic to gay marriage or things like that, or sympathetic to uh, drug uh, people being free to use drugs, things like that. People who are sympathetic to those issues. Um, and their reasoning for this is because, well, you know, um, those type of activities will destabilize society and that's bad. And a lot of these people either consider themselves libertarians or were libertarians. Have, have, have done and, so in the past. Yeah. And one of the reasons um, that I find, and ultimately I find these arguments are just consequentialism, like vulgar consequentialism, oh, yeah. in fact. Yes. Um, all of them. Because if, if your entire 
structure of like how you view morality is that whatever keeps society going is what is moral. If that's your argument, um, and you have it's just like the con and and you're just basing it off the consequences in that structure of like what are the consequences that keep uh, society going. Um, the, you know, there's a famous um, moral thought experiment, for example, right? And I'm, I'm sure you've probably heard it. I'm sure a lot of people probably heard it before, which a man gets accused of murder or rape. It doesn't really matter, but some horrific crime, right? He gets accused of, of this crime and everyone in the town believes that he is guilty. And they're so enraged that if the jury comes back with anything but um, an indictment, they will burn the town down in a riot. They are so enraged. They're so convicted, uh, so convinced that he is actually guilty um, that they will not accept any other answer. But the fact is that he's not guilty. He was wrongly accused. Um, so then as a juror, do you free the man um, and acquit him because you know he did not commit this crime um, at the risk of all these, uh, you know, barbarians outside the door threatening to burn the town down? Or do you convict them and destroying your society there that you have? Or do you convict a man you know is innocent to debt, to prison or death, uh, whatever, because it will be, uh, you know, the greatest, uh, it'll satisfy the most people. It's it's an anti, it's a utilitarian um, moral quandary. Right. Um, a consequentialist one where it's like, if you if you really just care about society and all you care about is keeping society going, then you are going to put that man in prison or to death. That is the choice you would make. Uh, yeah, uh, necessarily. Yeah, I mean, if you, you feel that. Yeah, yeah. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm... No, I was going to say if you care, but if you care about a person's moral rights, if you care about your duties to them as a human being, then you can't. Even if the consequences from that are bad. Even if the consequences are from that are bad, you cannot put a person in prison or or to death who does not deserve it. Uh, who who is, yeah, that's just a moral no no. <laughs> um, if you are a deontologist, deontologist, if you believe that you have moral duties to a person and whatever bad consequences might come from that, uh, they they come from it right let the chips fall where they may right. and those are really the two like there are obviously other other moral theories and you can break them down but those are two stark opposite sides of the spectrum type um morals um ways you can view things you're right um, I, there's I do, the yeah, i mean I, virtue ethicists sort of um i find that, have this like off, yeah, i find that I virtue ethicists kind of kind of see themselves as falling between the two but they the try ends, to synthesize the two but yeah. the ends of virtue ethics generally end up agreeing end up agreeing with the ontology they tend to fall closer to it in my in my personal view yes. right yeah. that's what i'm saying like it's from a, from a practical the, the, the perspective the virtue ethicist will say the virtue ethicist will generally say that following deontological norms will bring about good consequences uh or, or like in in that type of sense like practicing virtue or sometimes they'll go the other way. They'll, they'll say practicing virtue will also satisfy both a deontological sense and it will also produce good outcomes. Um, right. Um, and there's the, that, there's that's obviously, the... and obviously it, it's much more, uh, you know, complex than what I just described. 
Um, if you want to go into virtue ethics or you want to look into virtue ethics, do so on its own and don't like take what I yeah, said is like yeah, yeah. describing it fully because I'm not. Yeah, um, but virtue ethics is its own little school. But but the 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 and and I, I don't mean to sound disparaging with regard. To, it is a, it's a well built philosophy, but it's also yeah, I, I find I, it interesting. I just yeah. happen to not necessarily agree with all of its priors. But the uh, the but in, in, even then there was a guy I was I was talking to who was making the argument about um about why deontology is wrong, and he presented the argument <laughs> about the axe murderer. Um, an axe murderer shows up to your house and demands to know where your friend lives. Do you lie or do you tell the truth? And I right. and this is presented as a knockdown I, argument to deontology. Yeah, but, but it's not. That, no, it's not. That is only so. That is an that is a criticism against Kant's deontology, the way he structured his deontology. But that's not necessarily a knockdown against deontology itself, because not all deontological frameworks will say that it is always immoral to lie. Not all I mean, here's the thing, though, too, that the 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 argument is presented as a knockdown argument to Kant's deontology in a contrived manner by removing the opportunity to simply not answer. Oh, right. That's true as well. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's a contrived thing. There are no contrivances. Like if you, if you think about something like the, uh, if you think about something like the trolley problem, there are no contrivances mm-hmm. there, right? It's a trolley. Most people don't know how to derail something on rails by partially right, throwing no a switch. Out, but right. There's but no live with the axmeter. There is an out. There is a third out. Yeah. With the axmeter, there's just an option that's removed. Would you choose A or B? Yeah. Uh, I choose to disagree with the premise because this is a false dichotomy. Uh, there's, there's, it's right. not just A or B in that situation. Uh, right. There, right. It's right. the trolley problem. It's not just A or B either. You can derail a trolley, but that's also not in the. It, most people don't know that the trolley problem is obviously presented in the spirit that most people don't know you can just derail a trolley. There you have is to no answer. Right. 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 Exactly. Um. The, yeah. the, but but everyone Indeed. knows you yeah. can just not answer a question. Right. Yeah, it's not a lie <laughs> to not answer. <laughs> Everyone uh, knows you can just yeah. say, I'm not giving you that information. Also, get out of my house with that axe or I'm killing you. Right. So not only <laughs> do not all deontological theories hold that it's always immoral to lie, even if you agree, think it's always immoral to lie, that there's still an out for the axe murderer scenario. There's still like, I just don't answer. In situations yeah. where you are where you are tempted to lie, uh, a, a, a general... Either I mean, look, I, I do think it's probably deontologically wrong to lie to 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 give people false information. I think that's probably deontologically wrong. Mm-hmm. In a situation where that would be the thing to do, perhaps just say "fuck off" instead. Right. Like that's you're free to do that. There's nothing wrong with it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I I don't. This is the and again, that's presented as a knockdown argument against deontology. And I guess if you accept the limitation then it probably is to something against Kant's, as you said, Kant's deontology. And it probably yeah. is, but it's not because it's contrived <laughs> because I don't, right. I, it's a, it's presenting this, this strange universe in which I'm not allowed to just not answer questions. Right. Uh, it, it's also, you know, um, another big problem with consequentialism, right? Which is like, uh, and I think this is probably one of the better arguments against consequentialism, which is that when, when we're, thinking about moral theories right when the so a moral theory i think stands on its own but when you're in in the in the process of asking what is moral right there is an implicit understanding that you're asking that to evoke an answer of what i should do in this situation right right 
Um, you're asking implicit in that question is uh, trying to understand what should I do? You're trying to evoke uh, um, some type of answer to what I should do in the scenario, whether I should do A, B, C, D, what, however many variables there are. Um, so implicit in that is the understanding that I need an answer now. I need to find an answer uh, in order to act upon this given choice, right? Um, now, with consequentialism, you don't necessarily know what the moral answer might be in that scenario, because obviously, um, if like let's say let's say the scenario where, okay, let's go back to the scenario where the person is wrongly uh, wrongly accused of a murder or a rape or whatever, um, and the people are going to burn the town down. Maybe you say that okay, obviously the consequences here um, would say that a consequentialist would say that well we don't want the town to burn down because that would be wrong. That'd be, uh, that would produce more bad consequences than not doing it. So we're going to convict this person and send him to prison or, uh, or death. Right. Um, because that is the best consequence. But the problem with consequentialism here is that you can't, there's a certain, um, veil at past a certain point that you cannot see the consequences of the consequences. Right. So maybe the person's family know he was wrongly convicted and then they go for revenge, and then that destabilizes society as well. Yeah, maybe past the point where it it, it wouldn't have been destabilized before, right? To, uh, to a more of an extent, and maybe those people then take revenge on the family, and then you have this back and forth bloodshed that extends past even the town itself, and then you have this war that grows and grows between different factions, and then they start. Uh, killing more people, that's something that you could not have foreseen on your first um, outlook of what the consequentialist answer was. Do you know, do you see what I'm saying? Exactly. Here? Like there are, there are things that you cannot foresee when you're uh, um, engaging with consequentialist um, um, frameworks in order to see. So by their, oh, by the consequentialist own standard, something could retroactively that you thought was from a first order consequence or a second order consequence that you thought was the right thing to do a third and fourth order consequence might make that thing retroactively wrong right you're not supposed so to say that you're not supposed to think past first order effects that well it's not that you're not supposed to it's i, I think well, it's you functionally can't consequentialists just can't yeah or, or that or that, that a consequentialist who can't think past first order effects is by consequentialist own standards are not going to be able to make a correct de deliberation on what the correct answer is. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Exactly. So like, um, so in, in the, in the scenario where a person obviously, uh, is wrongly convicted, you might think that the first order effect, the consequences are good on the first order effects. Well, they don't burn down the town, um, the people outside. So their, their anger is satiated. Right. Um, the, the, Second and third order effects of that might be horrible. And if something can retroactively in your in your framework, if something can retroactively go from something that was good to something that was bad, then you can't answer the question of what should I do now? What right. is the moral option for me to do now? Because that thing could ch retroactively change when presented <laughs> you know I mean? when presented with a moral with a moral choice. You 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 cannot make one because you cannot know what right. the what the actual consequences of the choice will be that's right that's absolutely correct yes so because once you accept that framework then consequentialism starts to actually hurt itself um 
because if, if you're just trying to find the consequences you won't be able to find the, all the consequences down the road and the it's not like the consequences just stop at a certain point we're just going to say well the consequences of this action just arbitrarily stop here and then everything past this point is a new action with new consequences that's not really how things work right <laughs> Well, that's why that's what that's why I that that's that's why I value deontology to a certain extent, and, and I don't yes. really quibble with virtue ethicists; they're fine. Um, yeah, but I value deontology in the sense that it provides a in a a uh, an applicable framework for is is what you're doing wrong, and uh, and 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 or or is, are the of the options before you which is wrong. Which is the wrong thing to do? Yes, and it's and it's and it's exactly. also easily applied. It's am I using someone else as a means to an end? Am I am I breaking my categorical uh, uh, duty to another individual in in making this choice? Right. Yes, and, and the th the good thing about that is there's a consistency to it. <laughs> um, uh, with consequentialism. Uh, you know, just like we were saying very early on, like there's this idea that, you know, similarly situated people should be uh, treated in similar manners. Right. In the same way, deontology provides um, an aspect of similarly situated situations have the same uh, answer to them. Uh, right. Right. So there's right. a certain consistency here. That's not necessarily true with consequential. Well, that's the thing. Is there's, no, have... there's no consequence from a from a consequential perspective. There's no such thing as a bad act. Well, there uh, you can't you cannot say that an act itself is categorically bad because the consequences you know of the that consequence. act, right? The consequences of that act, you may right. argue, are actually good. Therefore, what would be a categorically bad act under any other system, the be act, it virtue or deontological ethics? Um, the act can only retroactively be good or bad, right? Uh, to a consequentialist, <clears throat> right? Yeah, there's no such thing. There's no, I mean, for example, there's, there's murder is categorically bad. But like, you know what I mean? So if you have this, this totally unjustified killing, right? Unjustified right. homicide. The of the act, let's say time stops, right? At the, at the moment of the action, time just stops no matter what. It stops no matter what. The consequentials couldn't really say it was good or bad um, because there were no consequences that, right. that uh, followed the action. Uh, this time just stopped. Another uh, thought experiment one could um, employ was, let's say a man has a terminal illness where he knows he will die, Right. He knows he'll die tomorrow. Sorry. So he only has one day to live. Um, and let's say you have uh, a 16 year old uh, who's kind of a thug who is going to go out and um, for whatever reason you want to make up, maybe he's uh, sticking him up for money. He, he's going to put him at gunpoint. Um, and the man, the man with the terminal illness who's only going to live for another day wants to enjoy his last day. And he's going to kill uh, the 16-year-old, the 16-year-old has a gun pointed at him, and in self-defense, the man with one day to live is going to kill that 16-year-old. The 16-year-old lost out on his entire life right there, whereas the man only lost out on a day. Yeah. Um, the consequentialist in that scenario would more than likely say that uh, he should have not resist, he should have not defended himself, and he should have let the kid kill him because he was only he's only he was only going to lose out on a day at that point, whereas the child. Uh, who was an aggressor in this scenario was a, a violated the, a deontological rule we would say uh, uh, would lose out on his entire life yes. so uh, that's how you can clearly see which, which type of moral viewpoint would 
on completely diametrically opposed. Um, they would take diametrically opposed actions here. Like the, the deontologist would say, yeah, the, the man does have a right to kill uh, the kid who's trying to kill him in self-defense. The consequentialist right. would say, well, he was only going to live another day anyway. Oh, you could solidify uh, so. it. You could even, you could solidify it even more and say that this, this kid is going to spend 10 years robbing people at gunpoint. And then when he's, uh, when he's 60, he's going to cure cancer. Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. What is the, what, uh, then at that point, the consequentialist must necessarily say that, well, the, yeah. the, the kid should get to live. Right. But why? <laughs> there's no right. there's it's no good reason of, for it's it it's also very another problem with consequentialism is it's also very arbitrary uh about what it or it's hard to decipher exactly what you what they mean by good consequence right exactly like for example let, let's let's make an absurd example of what you just said where let's say hitler is going to kill uh those six million jews and more people through the war um uh and let's say now but he's also going to invent a cure for cancer that in the long run is going to cure all is going to save many more lives than he killed right uh does that mean we we shouldn't we should and let's say that there is an there is a constitutive means by him killing those people led to the um let's say it led to his um um curing of cancer let's say i think the consequentialists would then have to say that yeah as you said yeah he, he uh, obviously we have to leave Hitler alive. We have to let him kill those people because that will then put out a greater benefit. There's as you a, said, or, um, there's a thing where ahead. it's like it's uh, if if the Nazis win World War II and Hitler takes control of all of Europe, cancer gets cured in that universe. Cancer uh-huh. gets cured in, that, yeah. in 2022. Right. right. What What's the right answer? What's the right call? Yeah. Exactly. So. You also have this dilemma where what the right consequence is is not all the ma- is not automatically apparent to a person, right? Like, um, sure, you might say that that's a good consequence, but maybe uh, another person might view that that's a good consequence, but it's not good enough, right? Right. Uh, well, so I you mean, you would, you would you would you would be down to a situation where it's like, okay, well, we have to count the number of people that, that Hitler's fascist regime that the Third Reich is going to kill over the course of its existence versus the number of people who are going to die from cancer before in the other timeline where Hitler loses the war and kills himself in a bunker. Yeah. Uh, uh, how many people die of cancer between then and when cancer gets cured in that timeline? That's the math right. you end up having to do. It's fucking sociopathic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, like, like there's no it's it is it is it, it definitionally sociopathic even well yeah yeah <laughs> uh, i mean yeah it is uh not a, a moral theory i hold as a moral theory um uh you know you can you can on on the on the margins you can say that there's problems with the ontology but i i don't uh I don't think that there's uh, the problems are. Um, it's funny because even from a, if we if we take a consequentialist perspective of deontology, I don't think the consequences of deontology are as bad as the consequences of consequentialism. Right, exactly. So, <laughs> so even from their own standard, <laughs> I think the consequences of deontology are better than the consequences of consequentialism. I, I would say necessarily so. The 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 I. 
I don't know. At the end of the day, there's a funny funny rebuke to utilitarianism too. Uh, Like that's like that, which is like, um, uh, so utilitarianism for people don't know is maximizing utility. So it's pleasure over pain. So the, um, in, in like a ratio of pleasure over pain, um, the thing that maximizes pleasure for uh, that brings the least amount of pain with that maximization of pleasure is the thing you should do. That's a, that's utilitarianism, um, which is like a subset of consequentialism. Um, and the utilitarian thing is funny because you could construct a scenario where the existence and promotion of utilitarianism brings me such disutility and negative utility and pain by its very promotion that it is wrong to promote utilitarianism because it brings people such disutility. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's, I, I, there is a, um, there is a value, I think, to moral clarity. Mm-hmm. That is, and I'm not, and that's not to say that there's some like universal moral clarity because even within a deontological system, you can have dilemmas. Um, right. And, and also, it, just because you're a deontologist, there are different frameworks of deontology that do not necessarily agree on everything. So I don't want to make it seem like deontologists agree. Like you could be a deontologist and completely disagree with another deontologist. Yes, uh, absolutely. Framework. And, um, and frankly, look, as, as human beings, we're going to behave immorally. Um, not necessarily all the time, but at least sometimes. Uh, right. So there's a, there's a, there's that, you know, fundamental flaw in trying to figure out morality, which is that we're people and we might not be right about it. I think what's valuable though, about uh, a deontological system over a utilitarian or a consequentialist system. And again, virtue ethicists, I look, I like them. I think, I think they, I like their ideas. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree on the priors, but, but at the end of the day, uh, they tend to do the right thing. Um, yeah. The, uh, uh, but over, over consequentialism and uh, in, in utilitarianism in particular, the valuable thing that it provides is a, uh, is a universalizable framework. And, and by that, I mean a framework by which people will treat people well. Yes. If, if, if everyone people were to... Sit, there are consistent frameworks for people similar uh, situated similarly right in a deontological framework um whereas in a consequentialist framework that's not necessarily the case it may be the case but not necessarily right and there's and it's it's value there it's it's valuable to me that that you you have a system which if if applied universally um people treat people good people are good to other people based upon the system (laughs) As Can I play devil's advocate here for a second? Sure. What the consequentialist would say to you is that you are using consequentialist of consequentialist framework to justify your deontology. I'm okay with that. Okay. <laughs> that, that's what they're saying. But you would also counter that as saying that, okay, you may be doing that as a, as you may, a person may do that in the beginning to say that uh, they're using a consequentialist framework to justify their deontology. But once they hold their deontology as solid, they're no longer using consequentialism. Right. Necessarily, uh, necessarily consequentialism gets abandoned at, right. the, at the outset when that determination right. is made. But I would even say, look, yes. I would even say this. I would even say it's, it's, the exact, it's the exact same thing that you just formulated earlier, which is that the, the deontological position produces better consequences. Uh, so, yes. so all that argument <laughs> says also, is that I'm right yeah. either way. 
<laughs> there's also a, um, a framework of so there's a distinction between what are known as rule rule utilitarians versus act utilitarians an act utilitarian is someone who believes that every single time we encounter a dilemma uh we should always uh it, it, there could be a difference in how we should act uh, to maximize utility, right? Right. So this is where I was saying where there's a difference between um, uh, if, if someone is out there, um, let's say, um, killing a bunch of people, um, um, an act utilitarian would say that, well, maybe in scenario one where he's killing a bunch of people, um, that's going to produce bad uh, negative utility. But maybe in the exact same scenario or in a very similar scenario, the axe murderer is going to produce positive utility, uh, utility in a different scenario. Uh, and an act utilitarian would say we have to judge things uh, case by case basis, right, in, in determining whether it's good or bad. A rule utilitarian would say that we select a certain set of norms or rules that will then produce uh, positive utility. But the moment the, in my view, the moment the, the utilitarian, a rule utilitarian decides on a specific set of norms, that they believe it's, are, it becomes are a deontological to... system. Yes. When you, like, when you set up the reason for it might be utilitarian based, but the moment they select, they act as if we're going to act as if these norms are deontologically correct and true because they're going to produce better outcomes. The moment you commit to that, you're sort of just acting as a deontologist. Yeah, is, you've just developed a deontological uh, system from its yeah. from from you did it. You just did it backward, but you got to the same place. Yeah, you did it backwards, but yeah, yeah. Like the 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 thing that that just like that, I can justify deontology on the basis that people treat people well under a universalized under a universalizable deontological system. What I what I don't do is that in my everyday life. I, I believe deontology is the is a more appropriate ethical system because I believe that the things that deontology respects are real. Like the, the right. like I agree with deontology's priors. <laughs> right. And I think there's a I think there's a there's an inherent sort of uh, uh, truth in a deontological virtue uh, or a de- I'm sorry ethical system that is not shared by a consequentialist one. Um, right. And that's that's why I personally believe. But just like that, I mean, to to I mean, to, just like your your argument, if you if you if you come to deontology from a consequentialist perspective, okay, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> right. You, you got there. Okay. <laughs> now I do think on the margins there are going to be problems with that with the people who are who are deontologists. De- I can't speak uh, deontologists uh, because they are consequentialists. Because I think that at a certain point you could con- construct a scenario where. Um, they they will abandon that deontology because it at, on the margins it becomes very unpopular or ve- it might produce bad consequences. Yes, but and there's also but along the road they're going to be indistinguishable from deontologists along uh, for yes, the most part on a long enough time. But you also have a, a situation too, and I mean, the, but this exists in all ethical systems where you have problems on the on the margins. I mean, this Kant isn't God. Yeah. There there are disagreements right. to have with Kant. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, so and the, I mean, like, just because you're a deontologist, it doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily agree on what what the duties are necessarily. Exactly, the that's the are. thing. Deontology yeah. is 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 a duty ethic, it, and so it's what yes. those duties are is is and how you have an obligation to do this. 
to to at, treat this person in a certain way, regardless of the consequences uh, that may arise, as long as those consequences are not themselves a violation of the duty. I think you could get deontologists arguing consequentialism. I, I think you could get deontologists, for example, you take the you take the example of an addict. Um, uh-huh. if, if anyone, if, if anyone who is listening has had the displeasure of, of, of having to deal with, uh, someone in your family or something like that, who, who struggles with addiction, it can be a very stressful thing and you don't know what to do because the, the general, um, what, what kind of duty do you owe to that person? Well, in a general sense, uh, that person being family, being, being somebody who you love and care about that the duty that you would would like to owe them would be one of, you know, supporting them, giving them a place to sleep, letting them stay in your home, doing all these things that you would like to do for someone. Uh, but we know that the consequences of that kind of enabling behavior are, are very, very negative in the case of addiction. So the, the like you can get, again, just to, to that point about, like, what are the duties? Well, you kind of have a duty to sort of cut that person off and, you know, be there for them, but they don't get to sleep on your couch because they're going to steal from your safe. Like, you know what I mean? I think, yeah, I, I think that there's certain uh, you. So there's certain types of like marginal problems. Or, and I don't I, by, by me saying the problems, I'm not saying that they're irresolvable problems, but there are certain like dilemmas in deontology where they will you might like skirt up against consequentials reasoning uh because it's like well maybe if me doing um like for example if you're a deontologist who believes that duties can conflict necessarily then once they conflict then you're left to use consequentials reasoning um exactly um, for example um if you're someone who, who if you're a deontologist who doesn't believe that duties can conflict then you kind of escape the problem of consequentialism but if you are someone who believes that they can conflict then you then you do run into the problem of having to use consequentialist reasoning. I think they certainly can. I mean, if if we take about if we think about it like value judgments as well. I mean, I think you I think you have I think you certainly can have duties that can that conflict. Um, well, just like that, if we think about value judgments, we think about uh, this was a, a an idea that uh, that fascinated me and terrified me that Dan Carlin presented on an episode of Hardcore History when he was talking about I believe it's the Celtic Holocaust episode where he says. Um, <clears throat> It presents the question to the listener of what do you do if you make a list of the things you're willing to die for, right? Mm-hmm. You make a list of those things for which you're willing to die. What do you do when one of those things conflicts with the other? What do you do with, let's say, let's say both your family and your, uh, your, your land, okay? Let's say both of those things are on your list. Mm-hmm. What do you do when defending your land is going to result in the death of your family? Or otherwise losing. Or the other way around. What do you do when defending your family is going to result in the loss of your land? Mm-hmm. Those kinds of questions, I think, can apply to duties in a deontological framework. I, I think they can in some frameworks, yes. So, like, uh, um, I, the way... so there's Sure, I'm, that, I'm speaking like, very um, generally. I'm, not, I'm, I'm sure oh, there yes, are some yes. deontological frameworks that have said, well, no, they don't conflict and here's why. But I'm just saying in, in a more in a very general sense. I agree. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I I do think though that there's so I I'm going to use libertarianism as, as, as an example where I actually believe that libertarianism is one of those deontological frameworks um, that is actually just not conflict and logically cannot conflict. Um, uh, yeah, because everything's in, because it's all negative duties. <clears throat> it's so all you, negative duties, and yeah. it is all deduced from a singular framework. So every right. every right is deduced from a 
like a, a uh, not monocausal is not the right, but a a a, a singular a singular all rights are deduced from a singular right, and that means that they logically cannot conflict uh, by logic. Right, you cannot logically lot you cannot a thing cannot conflict with itself by definition. The best argument people have about that, there there are two good arguments against that proposition. I happen to think that there are good answers Mm -hmm. to both of those arguments, but the arguments that are good are the arguments about kids and the arguments about um about slavery. Can you sell yourself into slavery? That's a that's I think there's a good answer to that argument, but I think it's a good argument. And I think there's a good answer to the kid argument, but I think that's also a good argument against against that proposition. I I think property rights I think you only run into problems when you run into when you when positive and negative duties conflict, um, yes, the positive and negative duties can conflict, um, but they can't necessarily. A negative duty cannot necessarily conflict with another negative duty. Yes, um, it, it, it's it's not logical. If you if you find that two negative yeah. duties are conflicting, there's something wrong. There's something. Yeah, you messed up somewhere in yeah. your analysis somewhere. Yeah, um, yeah. So like. Uh, for example, people will also talk about this. Like, I was having an argument with someone a while back about like uh, suicide, right? So let's say that you believe that. Now, I'm not going to debate whether suicide is immoral or not, um, but let's just assume it is for the sake of the argument, right? So let's say you, there's a duty for someone not to commit suicide, but at the same time, you have a right to commit suicide. And I was having this argument with someone. It's like, how can that be? If you believe that it is immoral to kill yourself, but you, it's also, you have a moral right to kill yourself. Isn't this a conflict? Um, and I was arguing with this person. And my argument is that the permissibility of an, enacting your right is not the same thing as the permissibility of committing the action that happens to be your right. And what I mean by this, um, and, and other people like um, uh, Roderick Long has also um, talked about this, and that's kind of like where I get where I got this from, um, where... If, for example, let's say that um, if it's wrong to kill yourself, um, the action itself may be wrong. You may have a duty not to commit your to not uh, to not kill yourself. That is different than saying you have an obligation to let people use violence upon you if they try to stop you from killing yourself. Those are two actually different propositions that kind of get muddled together and uh, kind of look like one thing but they're not. Yeah. Um, those are two different things. Yeah. And I think a lot of people might confuse that where it's like, if it just because I believe that some, someone has a, even if you believe that you have a moral duty not to kill yourself, that doesn't mean you have a moral duty to allow someone to use force on you to stop you from killing yourself. Those are two different things because it's very possible that I may have, I may be justified in stopping someone uh, from using violence on me. If I try to kill myself, whereas I, might not be morally justified in killing myself. Those are two different things. Yeah. They can both be they can both be wrong. That's correct. Yeah. I, I can see I can see that being hard to conceptualize though for some people because the, the notion is that if there is a moral wrong, it must be a moral then right to means, impede it. That's right. And that's not necessarily the case. I, I think it's certainly not the case. How. I, I, but I can I, see how someone who believes that might think that that's a contradiction or they might think that there's a, a logical problem there. But it, it's in my view, there isn't. Yeah, there is yeah. not necessarily a moral right to impede the doing of a moral wrong. That's right. That's right. That's correct. Yes. Yeah, that's that makes perfect sense to me. I, I can absolutely. Not all, in my view, not all moral wrongs entail 
a justification to use violence. And once you understand that, then you can kind of see how this makes sense. But but it's 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 almost a necessity. You have you have conversations with people who are uh, who uh, there that is the worldview, and it's it's the kind of thing where it's the, these are these are people who generally argue uh, in in uh, they argue that. Um, well, you see this a lot from people who argue that that which is morally wrong is it must be stopped, right? Like that, that, yes. that. Yes, 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 yes. And and it's a, it's oftentimes done as a as an argument against anarchism or as an argument against yeah. uh, against um as an argument against anarchism or as an argument in favor of the state or any state, a state. Um, right. The the idea that there are moral wrongs. Therefore, we need a force that can stop the moral wrongs. Exactly. Yes. And it's yep. not I, I don't think that follows necessarily. No, it doesn't because it's a leap because just because you believe that something is morally wrong, that in itself, like that proposition itself does not get you to your conclusion unless you unless you insert another proposition like a bridge that a proposition that acts like a bridge unless you presuppose that all moral wrongs justify a violent response that's correct so they're two different propositions but they're treating them as if they're one thing ultimately and that's i think the problem of that that that's how someone can make that's how it can seem that um um libertarianism is creating a logical problem but it's actually not because uh, the people who are doing that are actually as you said they're presupposing something that isn't necessarily presupposed right and i don't think you can you can even make the argument for it i don't think you can make the argument for that proposition i i i, I think I, you could well i think you could make it in the sense that it's not logically impossible but it's not i don't believe it uh, i don't believe it's sound i don't I, it's I, I i doubt you can make the argument coherently I think when presented with enough with enough cases uh, that are like with with enough um, examples where that would be obviously stupid, mm-hmm. I, I I really think I I really don't think you can coherently make that argument. I th- I think there I think you can certainly believe it. I think you can certainly make the argument to yourself. But I think when when it comes up against uh, the the null hypothesis, when it comes up against the notion that no, not all moral wrongs require a viol- or justify a violent response. Um, I, I think I, I certainly think there's a uh, because at the end of the day, what are you justifying when you're justifying a violent response? Taken taken to its logical conclusion, what is a violent response? Necessarily, well, it's, I mean, it's an encroachment upon another person's boundaries. I'm saying, I, I mean, I mean, though, taken to if you have a violent response that is already justified, what is justified? Mm. Necessarily. Uh, what would you say it is? Like, what, I would what, say what killing. Would you say? I would say if you have oh, a right. situation yes. where a violent response is, is already justified by whatever situation is presented, killing must necessarily be justified. Because it must be on the table. It, yes. Yes. It, it, must be, it must be, if it happens, it can't be bad. Because the violent response is already justified. You can prefer that the killing doesn't happen, but that you already justified violence. Think, justifying violence is justifying killing at the end of the day. Yes, I think I could play devil's advocate here. And what I think a person would say, though, like if you're a person who says, um, like, for example, if, if you're a person who says that killing is wrong because um, 
um, or I, sorry, I'm sorry. If, if you believe that committing suicide is wrong because, you know, you believe you have religious convictions that say it's wrong. And then a person, if you believe you have a right to, uh, to <laughs> in, in somehow a, a very funny way, uh, to kill someone if they try to kill themselves through violence, if they right. to try to stop you. Um, I think what they would say is that they're not killing you because you're trying to kill yourself. What, what what's happening here is that you have you can kill them because they're using violence to stop you from killing themselves, and and in them in the process of them trying to use violence to uh, to stop you, they are threatening your life, and therefore it's self defense. I think that's what they would say. Uh, uh, so that I is. I think they would say that they don't you don't have they don't have the right uh, or, or you don't have the right to kill them. But if they try to kill you in the process of you stopping them from killing themselves, only once it escalates to that certain point, then they would have that right. I could see that argument. I don't buy. Wait, it. I'm not. No, arguing, I can see. I, I'm not arguing that. You no, know no, that. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. Listen, I don't. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a reasonable. That is a reasonable proposition to make. Uh, and I I I don't buy it. No, I, I don't, don't either. buy it because yeah. I think if you're justifying because you have the problem then of the eggshell skull. You have the problem right. then where it's uh, you have the right to use violence against somebody, but not enough violence to kill them. But the problem is you don't know how much violence kills someone. Exactly. Like um, maybe they're. Yeah, exactly. So maybe they have a certain condition, a health condition, where you stopping them from killing themselves, you will then kill them. Yes. uh, But you you don't think you will, but you will. Let's say you have to tackle somebody that's about to kill themselves. In the tackling, they will die. You don't know this, but they have a pre-existing, they have an eggshell skull, and you will kill them when you tackle them. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. So so to me, uh, because of that... Because of that level of uncertainty and the use of violence, I see a justification of violence as a justification of killing necessarily. Does that make sense? Because I, I see you, because you're saying, you yes. can't because you can't know you're not going to kill them. It's like it's just like the argument for uh, well, just shoot him in the leg. Well, where in the leg? Because if you hit right. somebody, if you if you try to go for a non lethal shot, a non lethal gunshot, there's no such thing. You can only assume there's no such thing because if you hit somebody in the in the femur, shatter their femur, they it's probably going to die. Uh, right. You hit somebody in just the right spot arterially, they're probably going to die. Um, this idea of, of, of the justification of violence to me, if you're going to justify violence in a situation, if you're going to justify a violent response, that justification must include the justification to kill the person. Because if, you, if, you, if you're yeah. not justified in killing them, you shouldn't be using violence in the first place. Does that make sense? I, yes. I, yeah, I see where you come from. Yep. Like that to me, because again, you have the problem of the eggshell skull. This is the, this is the, it's a, it's actually a rule that you learn in torts, but it's the idea that you're still liable. Even if you didn't intend to kill the guy, mm-hmm. like, uh, let's say for right. example, if you're, if you're, uh, let's say for example, if you're, if you're throwing a baseball into someone else's yard and it hits him in the head and kills him, that's a wrongful right. death. You didn't intend to kill the guy, but the man had an eggshell skull. Yet. Right. So, so you're still, you're still liable for that. I think that applies morally as well. And, mm-hmm. and for me, and again, I, and I think it's also generally just a good rule that if you're going to justify violence, it better be justified to kill. And if it's not justified to kill, you shouldn't be using violence. Find another way. I agree. Right. Right. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. Yes. 
I, I, at least I, that would be my response would be you don't know how much violence is too much. If you're, if you're drawing lines right. when you're talking about justifying violence, uh, you don't know how much is too much. Sure. I, I think the simplest way to, to get out of uh, um, so that is just to say that the, the simplest way to avoid that is just to say that just because you might think something's a moral wrong, that doesn't mean that all moral wrongs justify the same response. Exactly. And that would be that would be my response. If you're if you're pre, if you're presupposing that any moral wrong justifies a violent response, if that's your presupposition, you are then saying that killing people for doing a moral wrong is good. It is is, is right. we're right. Necessarily you're saying yeah. if a, what if a child commits a moral wrong, let's say, and um, and you think that you're justified in committing violence, just because you think you're just fine committing violence against that child, you might be committing more moral violence than you might think, uh, or, or just as you say with the eggshell skull, uh, you may kill that child in acting in a way, in a certain way, that might not kill an adult act, committing that same action. Exactly. So you're, you're very, it, it's very likely that you could be committing that uh, a moral wrong by your own stretch by committing what you would think is a moral right by doing that. Right. And then so to me, the only the only the, the, the like you said, the only the only reasonable conclusion then is that not all moral wrongs justify a violent response. Right. Somebody, and I think that's somebody, sort of intuitive for most people. Oh, I think of most people understand that even if you think that it's a moral wrong to, let's say, yell at your grandmother, let's say, or swear at your grandmother, um, I think most people would understand that uh most people wouldn't intuit that that doesn't mean you get to like lock someone in a cage for doing that. Well, it's why we kind so. of have socially, at least, and certainly legally, a zero tolerance response for for violence in response to mere words. We all, right. We all understand that there are degrees to moral wrongs. Um, it, it all depends. So, but um, it all depends on how far, how much of a of a difference in degree those moral wrongs are. Right. People. And this is what and we're I talking think most about. People understand that. Yes. You understand that there can be a very large degree in difference between moral and And this is what we're saying when we say the, the non-aggression axiom is not a, an answer to all moral questions. It's not, it is not, not a moral it system dealing, in itself. Right. It is only dealing with the subset of moral wrongs that in, incur that are dealing with violence. That is all it is talking about. It's only talking about what what we would say are moral wrongs that deal with violence. That's it. That's all we're saying. Right. That, that's the, that is the, that's one of the greatest misunderstandings I've seen people apply to the non-aggression principle yeah. is the, is the presumption that it's an ethical system rather than just right. a norm within another system. It's, exactly. a, it's yeah. the, the, yes. it, it is, um, it exists. Honestly, it's mere existence is kind of dependent upon a larger ethical system. Like the, the, the right. idea of the non-aggression axiom only comes from a deontological position and, and it only comes from that position with regard to violence. Like it, it's, mm -hmm. it is not, it does not tell you how to respond to moral wrongs and it does not tell you even necessarily which actions are morally wrong outside of those which are violent. Right. Yes. That's all it does is talk about when you get to use violence. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then, and, and by extension, again, justify killing. Like, that to me is the, the logical extension of, ju of justification of violence is a justification of killing. The, the non-aggression axiom does, only tells you when you are justified in killing someone. <laughs> That's all it tells you. It does not tell you 
outside of those particular things, which is, again, that's why the answer to the question about, uh, that's why the answer to the question about killing the trespasser, right? That's right. why it's like, no, you don't, you don't get to just kill the trespasser when they trespass. You have to do other things right. because that's not, that, that is a moral there wrong. The trespass is a moral wrong, but it doesn't it, justify violence. Right. And that's why there's a difference between saying, um, uh, if someone believes you're committing a moral wrong, and this is what I told the person, because he was obviously using like a religious, uh, he was coming from a religious background and saying that, well, if you believe that it's morally wrong to do something, uh, that means that uh, uh, how could it be wrong to stop someone from stop from stopping them from committing that moral wrong? But that but that assumes that just because you are committing a moral wrong, that means that is justified for someone else to intervene to stop you from doing that thing you should not. Do. Right. Those things are not necessarily the same. And 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 there's a, there's a general misunderstanding that violence is the only way to combat a moral wrong. That's simply not true. Exactly. I mean, if you if you tell somebody, if you tell all your friends that some other guy's an asshole you're combating that moral wrong in a, in a very, very peaceful way. (laughs) Like the the idea that you're protecting other people from that bad actor. Um, I see. Okay. You sent a message. You need to, you, you, we've been going for like almost three and a half hours. So Uh, more than that. Almost four. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. We should, uh, we should probably bounce. Yeah. It is almost four. Holy shit. Uh, I didn't even see the, the, the timeline on we've been going long enough. The timeline on audition is now going in twenty minute chunks. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Uh, sorry about that. I, I I totally lost track. No, of time. no. I, I yeah. No, it's fine. I, I enjoy this. Yes, absolutely. Uh, okay, so let's do plugs. Steve on Twitter is going to be very happy. We almost gave him the four hour episode. Oh episode yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, okay, so uh, what are your plugs, sir? Uh, so you can find me at uh, on Twitter at ace underscore arcus. You can find my Substack at acearcus.substack.com. Um, also, I'm at work. I'm almost done um, with my Substack that I told people I would that would be out months ago uh, <laughs> and is not out yet. Um, I have al- I'm almost done. I've been making some very good progress on it in the past couple of days. Um, so I think I'm probably going to have that out. I, I hope uh, and it should be out before the end of the month. Um, so I, I'm making some very good progress on that. It should be out before the end of the month. Uh, so look for that uh, at acircus.substack.com very soon, at least within a week from when you hear this at the very least or at, at the most. I should, sorry, I should say at the most. I, I, uh, uh, I find yeah. that in, in things like that, it's uh, generally helpful to just say tentatively. Tentatively. <laughs> should be out this week <laughs> yes unless you don't want to give yourself the out this is a psychological game that i play with myself if i don't want to give the out i go back and forth yeah <laughs> if i don't want to give myself the out i try to make a hard statement i'll have it done on this day <laughs> right yeah um I know, but i, I am I, I i am um pretty close to finishing it i'm a perfectionist so sometimes i go back and forth sometimes i rewrite oh, yeah. things and i really shouldn't well, uh, you talked about it recently so, where you, you find a way to better write a, a chunk of it and it just you end up going back and do, yes right. it's it's absolutely perfectionism yeah. and it's it's fine because the product is good yeah yeah so I, i'm i'm I, I should be fairly close to being done with that with very if not before the end of the month, very at the very least a week from when you hear this. Um, 
So yeah, so keep that in mind. Uh, um And yeah, those are my plugs. So what about you? Yes, go subscribe to that Substack so you don't miss it when it comes out. Um, uh, uh, holy shit, I totally lost what I was about to say. Maybe Elon will give you your Twitter back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe Deal Files will come back on Twitter. Thing. Yeah. Did you hear about the general amnesty he's giving? I did. I did. Yeah. Except I don't think I'll bring back the Dino Files account. I think if it comes back, okay. I'll probably just export the data because there's a lot of... I'd like a searchable PDF of that account mm-hmm. because there is a lot of long threads that I did there that I don't like the fact that I can't access. Um, uh-huh. But uh, I'm also... But that, that account, I think that account was kind of doxable. And um, also... Mm-hmm. I, I I kind of like the smaller account. I kind of like pacing Joska. So um, I think that's what I'm going to stick with. I think I'll just stick with the pacing Joska account, J-O-U-S-K-A, on Twitter. Uh, that's, um, I guess I can probably say that's me now. Because, I mean, if, if Dino Files is going to get general am- uh, uh, amnesty... Wait, that's you? Oh, you didn't know? <laughs> no! Yes, yes. Uh, Pacing Joska on Twitter is wow. me. Um, Unbelievable. I know. I know. It's been my friend for so long. I can't wait until I have to use my other backup account that I have. <laughs> the name of which I'm not going to say. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that, uh, yes. Uh, Pacing Joska, J-O-U-S-K-A on Twitter. Uh, and then that's, I think that's all I've got. I'm, I'm not going to be doing much of anything though for the next little bit. Cause between I'm probably not going to be spending too much on t- time on Twitter between now and when I take the barn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause that is a daily thing. Like bar studying is a whole thing. So I'm probably going to have to do that. <laughs> so go ahead and follow me and then don't expect to hear much. <laughs> at least until February. Um, and that's it. That's, that's all for me. All right. Yeah. Same. Well, have a good one guys. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Peace. Okay. It has stopped. I'm Ooh. sorry. I totally lost track. Of no, time. no, you're fine. I didn't realize how yeah, long no, it had I... been until you sent that message. I was like, yeah. Oh shit, we should be getting out of here. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, you're fine. All right, man. Well, like I said, I'll probably get a hold of you tomorrow about that uh, yep. other thing. And this was a great episode. Okay, yeah. This was really Oh good. yeah, for sure. We you um can you send that e- um uh either through text message or email. Uh, if you if you did, yeah, whatever, whichever one. I'll probably just text you and then uh if we okay. need to move to email because of density of information, um uh we can do that. Sure. Okay, cool. All right, man. Thank you so much. This is excellent. Yep. Yep. All right. Have a good one. All right. Peace, man. Thank you for listening to another episode of The End Times Continue. For links and other information, come see us at TETC.show.